Hey everyone, before this episode gets started, I just want to give you a quick heads up. Before this, we actually recorded an episode on The Exorcist, but unfortunately, all of the files kind of got fucked up. So, just like a cursed movie, it's also a cursed podcast. So, we only talk about it for just a little bit, but just want to give you guys a heads up. So, thanks. Hey, poopy pants, what's new? Welcome to Slashes and Spirits, no. a horror movie podcast. <laughs> In this show, Kim and I, longtime horror fans, show our favorite movies to AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. I'm Poopy Pants. I'm AJ. I'm Disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mrs. Poopy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined. We are joined tonight by our editor and designated driver. Molly. Mrs. Poopy Pants. <laughs> you guys do remember that that was a line from the movie, right? No. <laughs> I'm just sure. no okay. I, just, I, I just thought you just wanted to be called that. I thought you did too. I thought that was a new name. I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? <laughs> no, it's like, the, it's like the fifth line from this movie I've written down is when Baby kicks down the door and goes, hey, Poopy Pants, what's new? Oh, oh yeah, she does do that. I remember that now. How could you forget? Uh, How could you remember? I I won't forget now. (laughs) Oh, God. How's everyone been? (laughs) Should we talk about The Exorcist? Should we talk about what happened? I feel we should, right? Well, we'll explain it on The Exorcist. Yeah, I guess it'll... Okay, yeah, that'll come out before this, and then... Yeah. But we we haven't re-recorded that yet, so we're in a weird spot where we know... Yeah, that previously the podcast we haven't recorded yet will come out. (laughs) So maybe we just fuck around without the Exorcist. Yeah, we we just fuck around a little bit. Just at least without the ghost and demon this time. Mm, That's boring. I don't remember the movie anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) same. (laughs) No memory. Um, let's think about let's think about what did happen in Exorcist. And um, is, they is, didn't there show any... the part where she's creepy and crawls down the stairs. That didn't happen. That's true. I, I, I guess I meant like what what personal stuff did we talk about beforehand during our fuck around segment? I remember it being somewhat interesting. No, I think Kim called me out for my dating life. Did I? At some point. Oh, I I did. Because you date all your friends, and I called you out on that. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, good fuck around time, guys. (laughs) Uh, How about less fucking around? (laughs) At least not with my friends. Yeah, at least not with people you know. That was good. Thank you. That was good. All right, was what are we drinking tonight? The other day. Oh wait, no, continue. Oh. Go ahead. I was doing something the other day, and I was asked what the compliment I want more of is, and I said I want people to tell me I'm funny more. So I appreciate that compliment. Who said you were You're funny? funny, AJ? Oh, I did. <laughs> well, you can't compliment yourself. That doesn't count. No, I want people to tell me I'm funny. Oh. Okay. Aaron did so hot. Somebody said I did. It. There was there was support and like it's it's in the middle that like we're, we broke even. I I gave full support and Kim dropped heart shape. 
Yeah. <laughs> Kim, we're supposed to be bullying Aaron, not me. <laughs> You're right. You guys, they were saying before we recorded this episode that I don't get bullied enough and that they get bullied more than me. So they asked Molly when she came in and said, oh, Aaron doesn't get bullied, right? And Molly immediately started listing types where I was bullied. <laughs> But they're okay, not. But I still think that you're not as bullied as we yeah, are. Yeah, it's it's not bullying. It's more like the truth and things that you bring up. <laughs> like okay. what? Like your pee like, fascination. Yeah. <laughs> I do height. not have a pee fascination. <laughs> that was all you prompted say, by you. You said directly. I really like it when they pee in movies. <laughs> okay, no, that's not a direct quote. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> there wasn't a really in there. It was just the three of us. So I mean, there wasn't a really in there. <laughs> okay, fine. I that like makes it, when it they better. Pee in <laughs> that doesn't make it any yes. better. Yes, it does. I think there was yes, a really in there. <laughs> you could, you can, you could like beans, right? And then you could really like beans. <laughs> I think what when it comes to like really pee, makes it, different. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I, just, you I was oh, fuck. What was it? Recently? Now, anytime I, I, oh fuck! No, it was Jurassic Park. I was listening to the book Jurassic Park, and somebody peed themselves, and I was immediately like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, seeing <laughs> witness to another pee thing, and I'm so glad no one else is here. I'd get fucking made fun of. You know what, Mr. Poopy Pants? If you like pee, hey, that's Poopy all Pants, <laughs> what's new? <laughs> So you give this to yourself. You called yourself <laughs> poopy pants, and now that is what you, I, you are now. The poopy how did I call pants. myself? I'm saying, okay. "Hey, poopy fa- you said, pants." I'm referring to poopy you pants. You said, "This is Mr. Poopy Pants." No, I said, "Hey, poopy pants." What's and new? then you said, "Welcome to the podcast." Da, 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 da. This is Mr. Poopy Pants, and then oh, you waited you know for me to You're say, right. "AJ." I already forgot. I already forgot. I yeah, know because Molly correct. said Mrs. Poopy Pants and she wouldn't have yeah. just done that. It's true. <laughs> I was very taken aback because I didn't even watch the movie beforehand. So <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite line from the movie. It would That's be. not true. There, there are funnier lines from that movie that I've written down. What movie was it? We watched House of a Thousand Corpses this week. Oh, it was did we? my week to choose. Yeah, we did. <laughs> We did. I was gonna. We were gonna watch the uh, the original House of Nine Hundred and Ninety Nine Corpses, but I decided to go with the sequel. Oh, okay. The cool. Squeakquel. Yeah, the Squeakquel, if you will. Yes. With the Squirrel Friends. That's a Drag Race reference. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not into cars. <laughs> um. What's everyone drinking? <laughs> Not enough. Uh, this... <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. Uh, this week I'm drinking Stone Buena Vesa Salt and Lime Lager. Wow. Yeah. Kim, what are you drinking? A Corona Refresca. <laughs> pretty, pretty big. How many have you had? Two. Okay. I won't give you shit for that. It's been like four hours, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaron will. <laughs> and. <laughs> Mr. Four Percent beer. Don't come talk to me what I'm drinking. <gasps> yeah, I was, I was just saying. That's all. No shade. Just you know. Just facts. Thinking, thinking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am the bully. There we go. The I'm glad bully. that you recognized it. 
The ant bully. Only on Holy here. Shit. I'll let you have the power on here. Outside of here, though. I can't bully you in, in real life. No, no, she's just the real bully in the real life. No, we're all scared of Kim in real life. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely murder you. But on here, it's like a nice, safe, like, it's fine. You just said you would murder him. Yeah, either of you, but. Oh, great. Um, it is April 23rd, and I would like to. <laughs> At 8.35 p.m. And... But on here, I'll give you a pass. See, I'm nice. I'm giving everyone a pass here. Yes, very kind, sparing my life. Uh-huh. Wow, we really appreciate you. Um, I definitely won't call the cops on you later. Thank so you. let me ask the important question. AJ, what are you drinking? I was going to say, are we going to ask me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have had, um, I had two Moscow mules, two White Claws, and now I'm on another Moscow mule. Ooh, three-peat. Um, but I feel pretty sober, so <laughs> it's going well. I love that. You're like this a bartender. Has- My tolerance on Fridays has really increased over just the sequence of us filming this. This is our third Friday. I like it on Fridays. I do too. every Wednesday I'm like, aw, the podcast. And so it feels like it's longer between them because I keep thinking that we should be on Wednesdays. And then it's like, okay, like even longer than normal when it goes on Fridays. I keep thinking like, oh, it's Wednesday, so I can't do anything after work. Like I can't plan anything. It's podcast time. Yeah. I think that, and then I have to go to work. <laughs> That's true. We did move it because you had to go to work. Yeah. You actually have to do. I have to go to work at 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. It was not moved with any sadness, though. It was like, oh, man, really? We don't have to get drunk on Wednesday nights anymore? What a Thank bummer. God. Yeah, Friday makes sense. It's the end of the week. Start of the weekend. It makes sense. It's a good day. We just like just reached the ten minute point of the podcast, and I thought it was the hour point for a second, and oh I my was God. so fucking scared. I was like, <laughs> oh the hell! That last hour went quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, we won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually filming us just chatting for the last hour that we did before this. It was some good chats, though. I, I agree. think uh, I would argue we're almost more entertaining off of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, because we just talk about random stuff. All of our weird obsessions too, and stuff. Too bad we're actually supposed to be entertaining people during this. <laughs> you're you're making the uh the ten minute glee conversation sound way more mysterious than it was. <laughs> she is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the point. Don't expose what we okay, talked about. <laughs> why did Blaine cheat on Kirk? Oh my god, this is not the Glee podcast. This is I don't know any of these people. This isn't a Glee podcast, this is a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the Harry Potter podcast. The ultimate bisexual Harry Potter podcast. Today's episode. God. <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. how did we get here i, don't I know. never I'm know i'm so Man. hungry hearing a, hearing kim say oh god in the background makes me think of when we were designing logos and we had we had aj's ghost on the logo be very happy and my ghost be very tired looking and then kim's ghost is just rolling her eyes in the <laughs> honestly yeah i'm glad you can't see my face because i feel like <laughs> I sometimes just, like, sit back like, Jesus, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? But that's what it's like to hang out with us, too. Yeah, you know? no, it's not that different. Like, I've spent significant amount of time with Kim, and I'm used to her rolling her eyes at me. Yeah, it's painful. Don't know why I do it. <laughs> you but... still choose to hang out with me. Yeah, I don't know why. Hey, we were, she asked us to hang out with her on her birthday. She did. 
and I regret it. She every actually day. likes us. I will take back that invitation. I will become no, unavailable won't. for the next. Too bad. I know month. where you live. I'll come show up. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'll answer the Ooh, door. The strangers. <laughs> <laughs> because you were home. Sac- yeah. See. God, a good movie. Could it could AJ though like sneak around the house without you hearing? I don't no. think so. I think I think she'd fall or something. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I plants out on my porch. She would definitely fall. I don't need to sneak around. Tanya will let me in. Not if I threaten her. Who's Tanya? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We we can go back. Where, where were we? Where were we? We're talking about we how much. And- uh, how much Kim loves us. And yes. She... We're Kim's favorite people. No. Yes. Just because Ooh. she says no doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> then who who are, who are your favorite people? Ooh. All my, oh, I'm going to list all the people in front of my you My friend Zach. Yeah. Facts. Zach. <laughs> yeah, give... 100% Zach. And Cody? There's no debate. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling somebody this story. One time Kim came to visit me. And we hung out with my friend Zach, and there were like a bunch of people, but he was there. And she started talking to him, and afterwards she literally told me that he was one of the top five people she's ever met and her favorite people. And then she made a list of the people that were included, which I'm not going to go into the details, but there were very much, I was like, what about this person? And she was like, oh, no, I like Zach better than them. And it had been like people she'd known for years. <laughs> After one meeting? <laughs> Yeah. After one he's meeting, she still only met him once, and she's still obsessed with him. He's a great person. Like he's, he is he's so amazing. I didn't. I actually think I didn't put you on that list, did I, AJ? I... You did. <laughs> oh, I you did. Put me. Okay. I was one. I was either first or second. I was. You were not first. I'm pretty sure I, I put okay. Zach in front of you, and then I was like, "Oh wait, that's no, you mean. didn't." And I think I... you might have done that in your head, but out loud, you didn't. Are you sure? Because I was shocked by how high I was on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure we had made some kind of joke in the past how we probably weren't even on Kim's like top twelve or something like yeah. that. I think it was recorded on this podcast. Where I we think said, so like, too. <laughs> we said we're probably not even in like the top ten, and I don't. I think she stayed quiet too. I don't, I don't think she gave us. Or she agreed. <laughs> no. Um, um, I was, was Zach wearing a mask and a sharp uh, weapon. No. I'm just going off of the data I have. <laughs> no, he's actually like a really nice person. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> he's not like broken or dirty. Oh, I'm not or like attracted evil. to him. Let's be fair. Zach is gay. <laughs> it's not that I want to fuck him. I just think he's oh, a really d- nice person. No, I don't. He's like, he was just really cool. Like, I like, I don't like people, but he's one of the people I will say I do like. Can we keep all this in? Because I gotta know yes. about about Zach here, like yes. uh, this, this mystery person. You know, I'm imagining it's the the Seki's guy, like at this point. Like that's what no, I'm imagining. he's just like super nice, and we talked about like history and stuff. <laughs> it sounds lame, but I vibe. What does with that him. mean? They literally talked about like LGBT history and just history in general together. Oh, okay, okay. I thought, you know, they were talking like castles and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think of every time anyone says history. That's all the history he's learned. It's just oh, castles. It's like, it's like <laughs> what history are you talking about? What history are you talking about? What history are you talking term. about? We're talking about I, castles. I could talk about I could talk about a movie and be like, "We're talking about history." <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yes, you I was can. talking about a movie. Histories, movies are a part of history. 
I mean, I guess, but that's not history. Sure, like, it's but... not like. <laughs> there's their own category for that. But there's a whole lot to talk about in history. Like, you can't <laughs> okay. just say we talked about history. Well, they talked about gay history. <laughs> okay, well, let's go. We've narrowed it down here. <laughs> what was your first instinct? Castle. That's not even specific. That's not even a time period. That's just like a thing. Should my first guess be gay history? <laughs> I, I mean, at least yes. like as some kind of. Oh, you guys are talking about like the middle, like you know, like something. You just said castles. What else? <laughs> what do you mean? What else? Castles exist currently. Yeah, they're still standing for the most. So part. do gay people. <laughs> Gay people exist? Nah. <laughs> Guys, I don't have to be single anymore. There's other gay people. <laughs> you have to defend them first before you date them. So. God damn it. Oh That's the God. goal. I mean. I'm so uncomfortable when you guys bring this up. It's so personal. Gay people or AJ's yeah. preferences? Because... <laughs> when you talk about AJ only dating your friends, it's so personal. It's so... Oh, we've always had this, though. Like It's always been the thing that AJ she... and I talk about. And I pick okay. on Yes, but this is intended to go to the more than the three of us here. <laughs> I feel like yeah, okay. but everyone knows this. And I think like <laughs> AJ and I are the only ones that are single. Like we can't make like you're with Molly. Like you have like a perfect person. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Molly. <laughs> I'm Get dating it. an owl. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were dating Mr. Poopy Pants. <laughs> yes. Hey! <laughs> Hey, poopy pants, what's new? Like, it's okay. I make fun of AJ's relationship issues, and she does with mine, too. We all know Not I have podcast, weird tastes but, in people. But publicly? Publicly, yeah. <laughs> I, I like well, fucked we... up toxic people. I've said that a thousand times. I don't hide from it. It's a fact. True. I have such respect for you two for just being so honest on this podcast. Oh, my God. Okay? Like, can I tell a story? Yes. Um, Who are you? <laughs> I um You're next, Aaron. We're gonna bully the fuck out of you for that. <laughs> I life is bullied the fuck out of me over this. Go ahead, Molly. I, so every day I write just like in my journal, just like, you know, whatever however the day was, and Aaron comes in and he's like, Oh, I could never do that and I'm like, Why? He's like, It probably involves some, you know, emotions that have to be put in <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> I think I said it probably would involve me having to, like, reflect upon my emotions. And then I went to bed. <laughs> Molly's just horrified. She's like, what is going on? I'm a, I'm a result of the system. What system? Bill Nye made me this way. <laughs> Which of the systems? <laughs> the public school system. Oh, okay. They stuffed me full of square pizza and lies, and I came out like this. All he's learned about is castles. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> Not much else came from that education. Oh my castles. god! You know what's really funny? I couldn't name one castle. I've been to <laughs> a castle, but castles. I can't name it. Hirsch Castle. There we go. Good one. Thanks. I've been there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> what was what was the name of the the ride in the first Scooby Doo live action movie? That was a castle, right? Oh, that was a castle. I don't know what the name of that ride was. I, can we watch that movie for the podcast? Can I include Scooby Doo live action as a horror movie? I would love that. It's not though, but <laughs> can I? Mr. Bean. AJ gets scary. a freebie, right? No. The problem is, I'm. I think I should get a freebie at some point. 
then you're not gonna pick a horror movie though you're gonna pick like that's fine it's a freebie no it's a horror it podcast <laughs> we can't watch is it Scooby though because we're 25 minutes in and we've been talking about nothing but uh, <laughs> you guys we can go <laughs> said nothing but you guys, I meant anything but we can go to the island where they film spooky islands <gasps> yes let's do it Holy next shit. vacation fuck yeah did you I love the tangents that we go on because I have no idea how we I got do here. too I don't either, Tang- but we're gonna Tang- go. Tangaluma Island Resort. I thought you were trying to say tangent. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, if we made it just a horror, like I had to pick a horror movie, the only horror movies I've ever seen, you guys have shown me, and you're already gonna show me again. So like, it doesn't work. You have to choose something spooky adjacent, at least. Yeah, that you that you know of, that you want to watch, that you think is. But spooky is yeah. horror. Scooby Doo is not spooky. You just said Scooby Doo. They're on. Okay, okay. Where are they in that Scooby Doo movie? Just because it has the island, it doesn't mean it's spooky. (laughs) It's spooky to children. But we're not children. (laughs) It's not. Says you. (laughs) Kim, I know you have toys. (laughs) (laughs) Not of Scooby Doo and the collectibles. (laughs) Oh, shit. She's starting to sound like me. <laughs> we go. My lightsaber is not a toy. It is a collectible. Your wand that you stole from that one girl is not a toy. It's a collectible. Oh, have we told that story on the podcast? No. No, because it's, it's about Harry Potter. That's not what this is the official Harry. I also have a way to tie House of a Thousand Corpses into Harry Potter later. I, I, I have can't a joke wait. That, I, that I'm prepared for it. Don't get too excited. I'm not that bright, but I do have a joke to <laughs> to tie it together. But I do want to tell this Harry Potter story really quick, if that's okay. Okay. Is, are, Kim, this is, are you this okay is with Kim's it? Story. Yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> we went to um, Universal City Walk. And they sold all the Harry Potter stuff at like their gifts the gift shop, and we were going in with Kim, Molly, Kim, and I. And I wasn't invited. It, you're far away. <laughs> I know. I just <laughs> wanted to give you guys shit for it. But um, Kim was debating buying a wand. She was very clear that she would like to buy a wand, but she probably wouldn't. <laughs> like the right out of the bat, she was saying that. So right out of the bat, fuck, what's wrong with me today? Um. Right off the bat, she's like, I want to buy a wand, but I probably won't. So she has two very specific wands in mind. I think it was Sirius Black and Draco Malfoy. Those are the two wands that she was considering. Dirty, broken men. Facts. We haven't even facts. We haven't described. <laughs> Wait, was that all? Have we? Have we? Was that? No, I said it recorded? earlier. That was before this when I was talking. No, about I said it earlier. You said it, but you didn't say yeah. like what. Like, but we what did, is we, it? There was no context. Oh, there's Kim no context. said that she likes dirty, broken men. Yeah, there's one other one. What was the other one? <laughs> I just love the evil, yikes. dirty, evil, broken e- men. Dirty, That's right. evil, broken That's men. That's right. Yes, is your preference. Yeah. So you, so you wanted one of the dirty, evil, broken wands, either Sirius Black or Draco Malfoy. Yeah. She's showing wands to Molly, who had not seen some of the new wands that were introduced in, like, the new movies. So she's like, oh, you haven't seen... Was it Queenie's yeah, it was wand? Queenie. Is that yeah. the name of the character? It's like, Molly, you haven't seen Queenie's wand. So she pulls up Queenie's wand and is showing it to Molly. And some girl behind us kind of, like, makes a noise or, like, sounds upset. And uh, we kind of, like... What really happened? She, she she kind of, like, grumbled or whatever or was speaking out loud. She was talking to her friend, that, yeah. She like commented yeah, to her she, friend that she wanted the wand. She wanted Queenie's wand, but she couldn't. She find wanted it. Queenie's wand, 
but the last one she was like oh she has the last one or the last one just got picked up but she said it like kind of loud or or something yeah. and, then, and then kim turns is like oh i'm sorry did you want to look at the wand did you want to see it and she goes no well i wanted to buy it and in that moment kim decided well this is my wand now yeah i bought it because i didn't want it to have it <laughs> she literally goes like oh and then walks to the cash register <laughs> And she didn't even want the wand. She was just showing it to Molly. But the idea that this girl would have the audacity to, like, loudly comment on Kim picking up the wand, which she got fair and square. Like, it, it, it was absolutely Kim's wand to take. But I was like, oh, this girl's in luck because Kim's going to be like, oh, sorry, take it. I, I didn't want this wand anyway. But instead, she full on decided, nope, I'm buying this wand out of spite. Yeah, I didn't want her to have it, so I bought it, and I own it, and you know, it's pretty. <laughs> it's not the one that I wanted, but it's mine. She can suck a dick. <laughs> we were maybe at City Walk for another two hours, and I just couldn't stop talking about it. It was I was obsessed with the fact that she had done that. I guess like I could have put it back. We also passed them, like, two times, like, the, the group of girls, too. Like, we saw them a couple times. I was mortified. I, like, hid. <laughs> I couldn't put it back. Cool. I couldn't give it to her. Why the fuck would I do that? I mean, you could have. No. The fact <laughs> that she wanted it made me want it. <laughs> so I bought yeah. it. <laughs> she shouldn't have said that. Amazing. She shouldn't have said that it oh, was the last one. Oh, we also should have said it was the last one. Yeah. yeah like, did we, did we say it was, yeah. it was, like, the last one? Yeah, I told her where I found it, and she said, no, I think that's the last one. And I was like, oh, okay. What was I supposed to do? Give it to her? Put it back? Why the fuck would I do that? So I bought it. It suddenly went up in value to me. So suddenly I really wanted it. So I bought it. It was it was the most savage move I had seen in a long time. It was great. Yeah, I felt no remorse. <laughs> I thought I would feel oh. bad and I felt nothing. We know. I would have yeah. felt bad if I would have put it back and given it to her. Then I would be like, damn, I should have taken it. So I did. And that makes me sound like a fucking bitch. But honestly, <laughs> why would you tell me that you, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought the way she came about it was kind of weird. So she was shitty about it, like full on, like, like she was absolutely shitty about it. But I was like, wow, this girl sucks, but she's in luck because Kim doesn't even want this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she would have like asked me like, hey, are you going to like, are you going to buy it? Like, is it okay if I have it? But she didn't. So she, you know what? Sounds like a her problem. She just said that. I, I don't think it would have ended any differently. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I would have respected it a bit more. That's fair. That's. Fair. But it's mine now, and it's part of my collection. So. Hell yeah. I hope she's doing good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a term of endearment for Kim. Like if Kim was like, "I hope Aaron's doing good," I guess I'd be like, "Oh." <laughs> 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 It's almost as sweet as being invited to her birthday. <laughs> I didn't invite you to my birthday. I just you said invited us if to you birthday. wanted to do something for my birthday, we could do something. I like to plan myself in advance so I can have like days squirt off. That's why I asked. She wants to separate the time with us. She wants to try to space it out because if, if there was too much time to with us, she uh, she couldn't take it. <laughs> no, like I have a day for everyone so I can like spend time with everyone. If, if we could plan uh, my birthday on a podcast day so I don't have to talk to you guys <laughs> twice in one week, that'd be great. 
No. Yeah, Kim birthday show. I will not you be can watch whatever ho- horrifying thing you want to watch. You could show us, you know, some horror like Hostel or <laughs> Terrifier. Oh my god, I can't imagine sitting through Terrifier with AJ. It's on my list, so we will watch it at some point. Maybe my opinions will be like my opinions on this movie. Speaking of, speaking of, so I was thinking about I was thinking about Harry Potter. Right? <laughs> Stop! Somebody asked me what I thought about this movie. All right, well, let me let me go into why I, ch- I chose it for a second here. Um, I chose House of a Thousand Corpses this week. And I didn't always love this movie. I was kind of disgusted by it the first time I watched it, but I still enjoyed it. And I'm slowly realizing that the more times I watch this movie, the more obsessed with it I become. And I really like this movie, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it. I love the ending. <laughs> the silence of, like, you should be really? embarrassed. <laughs> the shame. Well, sit, in, sit in the shame. Well, why can we never like the same parts of a movie? I feel like it goes off the rails in the last half hour. <laughs> and that's the part that I like. I knew we were, I knew we were going to be this way. I knew we were going to be opposites as per usual. Right. We don't we don't like this isn't the goal. Like we don't intend for this to happen. But it's I just naturally the reality. I'd prefer we like we know what's going to happen most of the time, but I prefer when we agree. <laughs> like that's like it's But I cuz I mean these movies that you pick I've watched, so I know the parts that I enjoy and I know what's going to be the parts mm-hmm. that either you don't enjoy or you like don't like as much as the other parts that I dislike. So I knew with this movie, what I like about it was not going to be what you liked about it. And vice versa. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, AJ, what was your, what did you think of the movie overall? What the fuck was that movie? All right. (laughs) I like that. Do you want to go any more before we break it down? I could, but I feel like at the end of the day, it'll probably be better for me to go in the break it down because I have points where I like highlighted things that I didn't like about it. All right, that's fair. We'll go piece by piece. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start going in. I'll uh, I'll I'll take the burden after I we made Kim talk throughout all of the exercises. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll t- I'll take this one. <laughs> um. All right, House of that. Let's go into Rob Zombie just a little bit first, right? Because he's kind of a, a legend. Um, Rob Zombie was absolutely huge in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, primarily dominating musically. But then this was his first directing feature. I think he had directed music videos previously, but he had directed House of a Thousand Corpses as his first movie. It was kind of like giving a big celebrity a movie rather than giving a director a movie, you know? It was like kind of living off the idea of being the Rob Zombie horror movie, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, did you hear that gave Rob Zombie a horror movie? So he makes House of a Thousand Corpses, which is like his dream project. And he makes it for Universal. He kind of had the idea for a while. I, I'm, I've am i had a couple beers and this might not be 100%. So don't come for me when this isn't 100% correct. <laughs> but uh, the gist of it, I believe I have. So he makes it for Universal. He films the movie and they're super excited to have like this big name attached to it, like a big popular name. And they watch the movie and they go like, oh, okay. Nobody can ever see this. (laughs) Uh, Let's pretend we didn't watch this movie and let's move on. And I believe they left him hanging for, I think, a couple years, if not like a year and a half. And in between, he still had faith that he'd find someone to like 
pick up the movie again or he'd be able to resume it so he filmed in his house a lot of like the transition scenes that you see like the mm. op- like one of the opening scenes with captain spaulding's having his commercial like talking about chicken and when sherry mood zombies rolling around like naked on the bed that's just filmed in rob zombie's house like while the movie was kind of like destitute as far as i know and um it it was just kind of like a passion project at that point that he had so a lot of those weird transition scenes aren't necessarily just random they're just like pieces of the movie that were made at home because he just loved the idea of the project so much it might have been that he wrote the script first and then they said they were going to pick it up and didn't pick it up and then he filmed some of it but uh, he, uh, either way he started the project it got interrupted and he filmed those um and then he finally got it released but it was heavily cut down like they cut a whole bunch of what he had done and that footage that was removed is like lost forever there's a director's cut of this movie that's like significantly longer that just will never be seen wow which is like super upsetting because this happens pretty often where there's like a director's cut but it's not it's rarely completely gone forever Usually, at least by now, we'd have a Blu-ray with the directors, or at least the mm-hmm. cut scenes, you know? So that's pretty unfortunate. But it wound up basically being this Black Sheep movie that they tried to bury, that never really went anywhere, and became a classic over time. And uh, I was watching an interview with Rob Zombie where he's like, yeah, it's really funny them shutting me down and saying I was terrible and that this movie would never see the light of day. And then 20 years later, they're knocking on my door being like, hey, we'd really appreciate it if we could use the license for our theme parks. You know, like the same company that shunned him is now knocking on his door saying like, hey, can we uh, use this? Because people really like it. Yeah, that's wild. Um, And I think there are certainly reasons to dislike this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But um, overall, I I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, It's pretty crazy. At points, it's certainly disturbing, but overall, I think it's the best example of Rob Zombie work. Uh, I think it's it's very Rob Zombie, but he's not touching other people's shit, which is when he gets pretty rough. Like when he touched Halloween, which Kim and I are very much <laughs> in agreement that Rob Zombie never should have touched Halloween. Yeah. Was it an also about the rating for the movie as well? I know there was like a thing where they they wanted it to be like rated R. But because of some of the scenes, they were going to put it as NC-17 that he from the director's cut, which is why they decided to like cut it down. Yeah, um, I'm, I believe so, that a lot of it was cut. Because that first cut, they, I think they literally used the phrase, like, we can't show this to anybody. Which is like, makes me think, what the fuck did he have in that movie? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are in the cuts that are so bad? Because, like, I, I don't know, I've watched a lot of gory shit, but, like damn what the fuck did he have in there (laughs) see this is where i get kind of like confused with that stuff because there's no way he had anything in there worse than what we saw in the exorcist last week um i i don't think so because when it comes to like gore and mutilation and like psychological shit that tends to be a lot more graphic than like the ex well yeah because the exorcist nothing was really like gory at the most it would be that scene where she's using the cross and like you know hurting herself that's probably the most that i would say is the goriest part but i i i would say seeing dismemberment and seeing stuff like that is a different level than the exorcist it's interesting to me that you consider this movie gory because i i I don't 
I mean, it's got like slightly gory moments, but I wouldn't consider this a gore movie. I think the last bit is it definitely falls a bit into like torture porn scape. Yeah. And the gore. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's as gory as other movies are, but I think, which we'll get into, there's like, I wrote them down, scenes that are my favorite that are the gore part parts of the movie. <laughs> so I would I would consider it like somewhat somewhat gory. I, I guess I would give it somewhat. I think we just might have different definitions of like a gore film because mm-hmm. I think Saw and Hostel when I think of that and whatnot. Well, yeah, and yeah. Saw, yeah. I guess I would. Hostel 100%. 100% Hostel. What do you, what do you mean you guess Saw is a gore movie? <laughs> it's not as gory as I'd like it to be. The first one, anyway. Okay, yeah, I like the first one, I think, for that reason. That it leaves a bit more to the imagination than it just... The other ones, a hundred percent, go more into like torture porn, gory aspect of it. But and same with Hostel. Hostel really only gets gory towards the end for the most part. I, I know there's some scenes that like allude to things, and there's some stuff, but I would say the ending scene is probably where its nature comes from. Its goriness, yeah. which I love that movie because of the ending scene. I hate the beginning. All right, so let's start with the let's let's start in the beginning. Let's jump into the movie here. Um, this movie starts at Captain Spaulding's gas station. Well, I guess not technically. It technically starts with a um, advertisement or intro for Doctor Wolfenstein's creature feature. Yeah, why? Because it's great. <laughs> but I, 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 I <laughs> love it. it. Well, it kind of serves a purpose in the way that it, it shows that they're watching Doctor Wolfenstein's creature feature, and then it cuts to a commercial for Captain Spaulding's. Okay, I think it's also like a throwback to like old horror like the wolfman and frankenstein s kind of tv movie shows and stuff like that like the black and white the way that he looks i think it's just kind of like a reference to that um like monsters kind of vibe too which is what rob zombie's obsessed yeah with, monsters and black and white horror and everything he grew up with in in that degree so uh that's kind of a reoccurring theme is calling back other horror things in this movie mm-hmm. yeah so it's weird but like that's kind of what that I actually really like that. I thought it was a pretty cool little moment. I was a fan. I would I would watch that shit. <laughs> I'd watch Mr. Wolfstein. This one's pretty cool. I just feel like I didn't get how it connected to the rest of the film, but I have that problem with a lot of this film. Mm-hmm. So like it's like I'll just be like okay, whatever about it, but I definitely in the beginning was like what is this and what's happening here? And I that kind of concept stayed with me for almost the whole entire film. That's pretty fair. I I really can't argue with that. This movie's a little all over the place. But I think it does it on purpose. I think that's kind of his style. And that was partially the intent for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they showed the Captain Spaulding commercial. And uh, it's for his roadside attraction where it's kind of a museum, a ride, and a fried chicken place. <laughs> and that, that last thing's kind of just thrown on top but the movie has an intro scene that i personally hold next to other really famous slasher movie intros um like no i mean i'm not saying it's on the level of scream but similar to scream where it's just like a really iconic kind of separate intro scene where two people try to rob captain spaulding who is this disgusting clown (laughs) uh carny sideshow owner uh they 
he runs this fried chicken and gas station, I guess, along with some serial killer right. museum stuff. But they get robbed by two people and they wind up killing the people that are robbing them in a very iconic, very vulgar, disgusting intro where they pretty much talk about disgusting, horrible shit until they get robbed. And once they get robbed, it's a lot of the Rob Zombie shit starts to come out. Like, um, the <laughs> once upon being confronted with a gun, Captain Spaulding says, why don't you take your mama home some chicken and get the fuck out of my face? <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't set the tone for the movie, I don't know what does. But um, basically a lot of, di- of cool dialogue between Captain Spaulding, who I think is personally very likable despite being disgusting, and they murder these two robbers. What did you guys think of, of, the, of the intro? I mean, <laughs> I think I still had that kind of like, okay, where's this going kind of thought process during it. Um, and then was very much confused by the majority of the rest of the film and how it had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I thought it reminded me of that oh, one that has George Clooney in it. Dead by Daylight. From Dust Till Dawn. Dust Till Dawn. Um, the beginning of that film where there was like that murder in the, um, like Quickie Mart or whatever that was, like it kind of had that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very much so. That's, you know, that's a comparison I've never drawn, but I, I it's exact. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking about during it. Big time. Uh, you know, I, I'd never thought of that, but it's, the scenes are, are very, very similar and they have a similar grotesqueness to them in some mm-hmm. ways. And even the, like, guy goes to the bathroom and they're like, you got to get the one in the bathroom and, like... Wow, you're exactly right. (laughs) Had you thought of that, Kim? No. I mean, they had similar vibes, but I I wasn't going to connect them. I I think there's some similarities that that, that's a good call. Yeah. I wonder if... That probably isn't intentional, but I don't know. No, I think... I mean, potentially, but not enough that I think so. Um, I don't know. The the dialogue of a lot of Rob Zombie's characters is kind of similar to the way like Tarantino writes his dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. From that, especially like from that movie specifically, like yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good comparison. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, what did you think of the intro, Kim? Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be appealing to me if I hadn't have watched this movie before, and that's all that I had, and I knew nothing about it, and that's what I saw. I would not watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> really? No, it's it's not that I'm like not into like vulgar shit. I just it it just didn't do anything for me. Like I mean, I've said this a thousand times. Like when I watch a horror movie, I want to be scared or disturbed, and this just kind of is a bit too like weird, weirdly jokey. What the fuck is going on? kind of introduction it's far from scary yeah that it wouldn't really appeal to me but since i knew about this movie and i've, I've heard the name before and i've watched it before for that reason as far as intros go i guess it, it is something that you kind of remember but to be honest it's not the it's not the part of the movie that i ever highlight or bring up or ever really think about when it comes to this movie i think of the character but the intro scene specifically i i don't that, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the most iconic character from this is Captain Spaulding, though, despite him having basically that intro scene. Yeah. Yeah. The makeup, to set up his entire look. character. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. the one that I, I kind of remember the most of it. But the scene itself, 
and the lines and anything i i don't really commemorate much about yeah it is interesting how he's kind of become the mascot though with this really being his his main scene and it's pretty disconnected to the rest of it i mean it, it is important to to set up for the plot but primarily uh, most of the runtime sid hague's not in at all yeah i did yeah. find that interesting he's not my personal like favorite baddie of the movie or well i'll get to that at the end but He's the one that people think about the most and reference the most. So I find that to be really interesting to you. And I think it's because I've heard people say that they think he's really likable and really like, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't think he's likable. He annoys the fuck out of me. But I, I can think understand. anyone in this film is. I don't think anyone in this film is likable. That's really fair. I'd say more so than anything. Yeah, that not even are the people we're supposed to give a shit about yeah. are likable. I guess he's just the most like... I don't even want to use the word human. I think he's just the most, the least weirdest. And that's coming a lot because he's a fucking, he's, a, he's in clown makeup. He's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> and the way he fucking talks and that's shit he says. Like, he's he's pretty weird, but he's not the weirdest one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people vibe with him. This is an easy tangent to go down, so I'll just touch on it lightly. But I wonder if Captain Spaulding was as popular before Devil's Rejects. Hmm. That's fair. That's the right, sequel of this he, movie, he, by the way. Yes, yes. Oh, thank uh, you. This movie has three, <laughs> two other movies after it. Yes. Uh, Dev- Devil's Rejects, the sequel, is really widely loved in all honesty, but it goes really far in with some of its darker themes yeah. and makes it uh, less less fun, for sure. Mm-hmm. They also It also really stars like the killers, and they try to make them likable, but they also have them do the most atrocious shit, so it's really difficult to root for them which you're supposed to do in devil's rejects despite them being awful and then i haven't seen three from hell the the third Mm -hmm. one which came out very recently but i have yet to hear a good thing about it so um i'm kind of staying away from it yeah i didn't watch it um but i guess we should go into our main characters then that are introduced now right we Mm -hmm. have um chris hardwick and dwight Trout. (laughs) yes um i know chris hardwick is jerry Mm -hmm. And Dwight Schrute is... Bill. Bill! Oh, there yes. we go. And then there are... I don't want to sound mean, but there are the two girlfriend characters who are completely interchangeable and forgettable. Um, Mary, I know, because she's the final girl, spoiler alert. And do you guys Denise. remember the other one? Denise. I thought Denise was the one that... Oh, was the final girl. <laughs> I remember specifically because the subtitles are wrong at the end of the movie and she was saying, Mary, I'm coming for oh, you. Yeah. And then it kept saying rabbit, I'm coming for you or whatever. No, but that's the one that gets like, murdered. That's wrong. That's the one oh, that gets murdered. You're correct. You're absolutely right. I am So right. Denise is the final girl. Thank you. Because Denise has the dad. Mm-hmm. Had. Um. <laughs> and <then> to, <laughs> to give the actor's credit, Mary's played by Jennifer um jostine and denise is played by aaron daniels and, and they both do absolutely fine they just have their characters are written so terribly and it's yeah. it's one of the worst parts of this movie is the the denise and mary are the two rational characters in the movie and they're written just to be a, abrasive and irritating and just overall bad at least i think so yeah I think that they aren't, I mean, again, there's no likable characters in this film. Like, No. They definitely, they're definitely harsher than they need to be. 
Yeah. But also, like, I agree with them. Like, everything they're saying, I agree with it. But also, I probably wouldn't say it that way. And they're probably coming off a little strong. Yeah. they they It's like, they, it's reasonable reactions just said in no way any person would do it. Yeah. And not that Jerry and Bill are super enjoyable either, but they at least move the plot forward. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just saying, like, no! <laughs> yeah, it's the issue when they write women in horror like or just in general like these these probably are my i guess i would say my favorite characters just because they're like not insane (laughs) um but also like whenever these people like the way that they write them is to be annoying and like you said abrasive and that to me is just annoying because they don't do anything wrong in this film they're the characters that for the most part if they were men would be the ones to be like the heroes or the protagonists, but here they're they're given very minimal development and minimal real like actual dialogue that's useful that it it makes them unlikable. It's nothing that they do and it's not about their acting, yeah. it's not about their role. It's just the way that they don't give them enough for you to really like support them. And that's kind of typically, irritating. Typically characters in like their situation you're rooting for and you're like oh my Mm -hmm. god why don't you listen to her like she's clearly right but instead of being like hey bill i really think we should get out of here this is i don't don't feel good about this they just like go to the people that are supposedly fixing their car and they're like listen you crazy bitch i want to go home you know like (laughs) it's 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 just it's weird it's weird yeah there's no like main person like you know how like scream has a sydney uh halloween has like a lori this one doesn't have a character that really stands out it's just the two boring stupid men and then the two bitchy women <laughs> that's kind of it <laughs> so you're kind of you've, left you've with no one up. to really root for and then the other side's a fucking they're all wackos like you don't even know what the fuck to do with that <laughs> um so yeah it's a mess so there's no one to really root for so you're just along for the ride essentially yeah with absolutely i think you described it best where you're like it's the two idiot guys and they're they're what do you say the girlfriends bitchy girlfriends <laughs> yeah two, yeah it's, it's 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 that should that could be an alternate title for the movie yeah <laughs> um but anyway now that we've talked about these four characters a whole lot uh they show up in the movie um <laughs> what? They, they they show up and they are taking a road trip to mark down the most interesting roadside attractions on the country and they stop by captain spaulding's and they go into his ride his experience his tour where he talks about famous serial killers including dr satan who is the famous serial killer in the area and it's kind of a dark ride where they get pushed through on a cart and they have little animatronic serial killers and Captain Spaulding puts on uh, all of his clown get up, kind of like an Uncle Sam-ish type costume and gives his full tour through his House of Horrors talking about all of the serial killers in a scene that I honestly fucking love. Yeah, I like that scene. That yeah. scene was most interesting. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I could imagine being on that ride. I could imagine being one of the people that being like, I don't want to do this. And then being on that ride, because I feel like everyone in my life would be like, yes, we're going on this. I feel called out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we both did That's why I said everyone. <laughs> we were like, oh yeah, I will definitely go on this. I definitely would be down for this. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm just recognizing that my role in this, our friendships is that I would be dragged along to go to it. And that's fine. I would do it. Um, so Kim and I are the annoying guy. <laughs> Molly's with me. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what. Molly be down to go on that ride. Oh, 100%. I'm all for like roadside attraction shit. So like I'd, I'd go. Yep. Molly's not in it for the spooky factor. Molly would be more excited than all of us to see the world's largest ball of twine. She'd be like, holy yeah. shit. I've already seen it. I'd be pretty invested in that stuff. Yeah. I've already seen the world's so largest I... ball of twine. It's great. Wow. That's the biggest um, brag that we've gotten so far in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded way sassier than it was intended. I know. Um, you were saying, AJ, you, you would be the one to not want to go on there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but also, like, I probably would have been, like, finished and be like, that was kind of cool. So, like, I like that scene. I feel like it's pretty realistic. I feel like that's something that would be on the side of the road. And then they get the free chicken at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Oh, I don't think it's realistic in the sense that you just go to a gas station and bam, there's a fucking weirdo and makeup and like shit like that. But I think on its bare bones, I think it's a good just general start to a plot. The roadside mm-hmm. attraction where like weirdos are there and they terrorize like a couple on a road trip. I think it's it's very like it's a simplistic and it's not new but it's also done enough and simplistic enough that the rest of the movie gets away with all the crazy shit that it kind of does because it kind of does make sense with this intro of like what they're doing like how they get there and how people get introduced i think this movie does a pretty good job of doing traditionally what other horror movies kind of do when they introduce antagonists i like like i guess you guys were saying this isn't something that's unrealistic in the sense that people don't do this or don't do road trips or don't go exploring and you know things like that so i think on its bare bones this movie has a pretty good decent plot base to go from Mm -hmm. everything else that comes from it is another story but this (laughs) in its essence is it's pretty pretty interesting and i don't know there was like a lot of movies as of recently as of last halloween that kind of had or two halloweens ago that had the similar concept of like haunts and going to haunts and being terrorized by people from the haunts and i know it doesn't necessarily come from this but it goes to show that in essence it's a pretty good setup for a good horror movie and i think this movie works because it has this foundation to kind of step on it's almost like they are the most likely people to be the killers yeah and be- because of that they they're not suspected to some degree or or whatever it's like by all means you should this should be very clearly a fucked up situation that you should yeah. leave but modern america is like this is some cool shit and like which, which is literally what happens is once they leave the ride they go and they talk to captain spaulding at the gas station and they're like that shit was great can you tell us more can you tell us more about dr satan who's really from a plot perspective the one serial killer biography and like the ride that you're supposed to take away you know the rest of them are are, aren't relevant but dr satan is Mm -hmm. yeah and they say that he's from nearby and that he was supposed to be hung like nearby he was hung but then when they went to get the body the next morning it was gone wait aaron how do you pronounce his name dr satan 
naked. <laughs> uh, that is Chris Hardwick's leaving the ride and going, Dr. Satan! It's really good. Um, so we were at uh, Horror Nights and the second Dr. Satan showed up at, during the maze, we're like, oh, Dr. Satan! <laughs> God. It was great. Um... <laughs> Also, during the ride is when they do something that they do a ton throughout the movie, which is have a split screen. Mm -hmm. Well, the show, uh, they'll split the screen in two and have two different shots on each screen. And I think it works really well throughout this movie. I think the way this movie's shot, especially with the split screen, really gives it its own identity for me. What about you guys? Did you guys notice that a lot, that they split the screen? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Not a a fan? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not at all i i don't know maybe i'm just like not you maybe i'm just like not used to it i don't i think in some aspects it kind of works but sometimes i just feel like it's unnecessary like i don't i don't need to see something from two different perspectives or i don't need to see like two different angles of something it just it just it reminds me of someone who's playing on like their macbook and they're playing with the settings on like <laughs> You know, like their uh, their little the thing, yeah, their photo booth, and they're like trying to make a movie together. To me, it just it looks. I don't want to call them this, but like I know it's it's intentionally done, but it it's almost amateurry to me, or it gives off that impression. And I I know that people love Rob Zombie because of his uniqueness and the identity that he gets from exactly this, but to me, it cheapens it a bit, and it makes me not really take it that seriously which i guess is his intention he he really has a lot of fun mm-hmm. with this movie and people have fun watching this movie um but for me i just it doesn't do much for me i'm, I'm just like why <laughs> i i think it shows that he was like a music video director that he's not he's kind of out of his element but that doesn't bother him he wants to include his element in it you mm-hmm. know i don't know maybe that's pretentious as all hell but i i feel like it is almost uh it feels like a, a music video or it was almost shot more for its cool visuals than it was anything else, you know? What about you, AJ? What'd you think about I that in particular when they'd split the screen? Don't know if I, like, noticed it, honestly. Like, I was trying to remember it when you brought it up. Um, I remember it happening way later with the, like, girl's face on one side and then something else on the other side. Yeah, at but the that's end. like Yeah, but that's the only one that I can, like detail that you remember the split screen on Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't something that like necessarily stuck out to me that's fair i guess that means it wasn't too distracting yeah i mean this whole movie (laughs) i think it probably (laughs) added to the level of which this movie kind of like just was confusing to me for the beginning um i think that probably was part of it was that i was like what is happening on this screen in front of me um so I don't know if I necessarily tracked a lot of what was going on because I was very confused for the like significant portion of this movie, which I guess wasn't. This movie felt very long, but it wasn't. Um, so we did take almost like two and a half hours to watch this hour and a half movie, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why, Aaron? So that's probably part of it. Because <laughs> I because I peed a couple yeah. times. We also exactly. broke down and talked about. Uh, frenemies for a while in the middle of it and then what yeah. else did we talk about we, we did have a good we had like a 20 minute break <laughs> um but i also feel like i think it this movie separates into interesting sections where it's like 
the first part that's super confusing and then I'm like okay I understand the plot's happening and then that the the <laughs> the amount of time that I'm like okay I get what's happening to the point where I think the movie should end was like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like wait <laughs> how is there still 45 minutes left of this film um and and then it just continued for a really long time and I think that that was uh surprising to me and so when it comes to like telling when the movie's like split screening and stuff I was just trying to stick along trying to stay on the right page <laughs> you're just hanging in there <laughs> I was just hanging in there I couldn't I couldn't analyze that much I was too busy trying to just be on top of what's happening now I think this is when the movie is strongest I think everything in the roadside Spalding attraction is the movie at its at its best for, for me Hmm. Um, I feel like it doesn't necessarily when it moves on to the Firefly House and every and everything. It doesn't. It's not a steep drop off. It's just I like it kind of less. But, I don't um, know. I feel like if your favorite part of the movie is the part of the movie that has the least to do with the plot, that maybe you don't love this movie. No, because I if damn, if damn. if that's if that's a ten, the rest is an eight. Okay. You know what I mean. Okay. So it's not a it's not a dislike. I just it's my favorite portion. That's of it. fair because the ending, the latter part, is my favorite. Like literally the mm-hmm. last bit. And you could argue the last part is almost even less to do with the plot. A hundred percent. The last part yeah, is no, what 100%. I wish the whole movie would have been like, and I would have loved it a thousand times more. I also have like a lot of questions about the last part. So like, I'm just prefacing because uh, I had some assumptions about this movie going into it. Mm-hmm. And one of the main assumptions gets kind of dealt with in the last part, but I don't want to, like, spoil what this assumption is. I feel like we all have a lot of questions about the last part. I'm sure you probably have slightly more than us, <laughs> but I I think you'll be disappointed if you're expecting us to give you a ton of clarity on the ending of this movie. That's fine. I just want to ask the questions. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. there. Let's, um, let, let's move <laughs> on a bit. Let's get through the arcs, because this movie basically has arcs. That's kind of what this movie's like. Yeah. So all of our all of the the mystery gang gets in the mystery machine, and they're <laughs> uh, they're gonna drive to meet Denise's dad, correct? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, making sure. So she calls her father before they get in the mystery machine, and is like, "Yeah, we stopped at you know some shithole, and some clown gave us chicken, and we're gonna um, be late." And he's like, "That's fine, but don't be too late." And then they decide, and then they. they get going but before they left chris hardwick (laughs) jerry uh was wanted to know where the tree was that they hung dr satan at and captain spaulding really wants him to just get the fuck out and really doesn't want to give him these directions but he pesters them enough that he draws a map for them to go see the tree that dr satan was hung at and then when they went to get his body the next day it was gone so they get in the mystery machine and they're going to drive off and go find the tree. And there's a hitchhiker on the si- side of the road named Baby, played by Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. And which AJ was very amused by the name Sherry Moon it's Zombie. It's a stripper name. It is. It is. I, c- I cannot argue with that. <laughs> She's going to come for you, don't you? <laughs> you know what? She seems like a lovely lady, and I hope she really enjoys her name. I'm just letting her know that it just the Sherry Moon 
Just something about it makes it sound like a stripper name. You are upsetting Kim and I, though, by uh, talking about Cherry Moon Zombie and strippers, because it is reminding us of the Halloween yeah. remake. And, we are <laughs> and it's so. triggering my flight or flight response. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't and like Kim that. doesn't run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to use that phrase more often. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're triggering my fight or flight response. Imagine saying that to my boss. Like my boss comes in and is like, "Hey, I need you to jump on this assignment." And I'm like, "You're triggering my fight or flight response." I'm just gonna warn you here. I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, they pick up Baby the Hitchhiker, and she's immediately odd. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah. She's a little less odd than she ends up being, but she is odd. And they ask if she's she knows the tree that Doctor Satan was hanging at, and she and she hung at, Leva, and she's like, "That's by my house. Just drop me off at my house or whatever." Um, and then the tires of their car get shot out by a man in the bushes, and you'd think this is typically something they would leave to be a mystery, or like they wouldn't show it as clearly, so it can kind of like be a reveal who it was later, or at least that's where my brain goes. But no. They show full on who shoots the tires out on their car. Um, they quickly realize they don't have a spare and they don't know what they're going to do. And baby says, oh, if we go to my house, my brother can fix the car. He has a tow truck. Yeah. Yeah. He has a tow truck and he can fix the car up. Um, Should we stop there or should I keep going? I think you can keep going. Okay. So it's pouring rain outside and they decide it doesn't make sense for everyone to go and get soaked in the rain if they just need to walk a little bit to go to get the tow truck. So Dwight Schrute gets out of the car with Baby and they go up to the Firefly house. Or they don't know it's the Firefly house, but that's what it is. It's it's the Firefly house and um, it's where Baby lives with her family. They quickly find weird things about the house. Like there's she cuts the arms and legs off of baby dolls and staples them to the side of the house. Something that I think is a little extra, in my opinion. Like, y- y- you don't need that. Uh, and Just a tad. I don't know. I, I-, I just think, uh, personally, um, I just think that, that shit's kind of dumb. And if anything, it's a cool, like, background thing. And But she's straight up like, yeah, I like cutting the arms and legs off of baby dolls and stapling them to the side of the house. And it's like, cool, I, I-, I could see that, but I-, I guess he just got to directly call it out. Uh, do you, am I am I being too shitty there? No. no, I don't necessarily. I mean, I think that it's weird. I think it adds to how weird, honestly, how weird this whole movie is. Um, mm-hmm. So I just was like, wow, she did that. And that's super strange. And I would run if I had walked up to a house and there were a bunch of baby dolls stapled on the outside of it. Because that's super fucking weird. I just feel like if you entered Freddy Krueger's, like, dream place and he had, like, arms hanging from the ceilings, it'd be weird if he addressed them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if he had, like, it'd be weird if he was like, oh, you see those? I like to cut the arms off of kids and dangle them from the ceiling. (laughs) It'd be like, I can fucking see that. (laughs) I think it takes away some of the, like, mystery and creepiness of it. Yeah, I don't know why. That scene's always bothered me from, like, the first time I watched it. <laughs> but I'm certainly too laser-focused on this scene. Uh, especially especially when we're about to get to the ass-crack cleavage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I say that, and I, I feel weird saying that. I don't know why you call that. it ass-crack cleavage. 
What? How? Okay. What you is? You just see ass crack. It doesn't need to be cleavage. But it's consistent. It's not like she bent it's... over and her ass crack showed. It's like yeah, she like cut the pants so that they would show her ass crack. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like <laughs> honestly, like what year did this movie come out? Two thousand three. Yeah, that seems like two thousand and three to me. They sold pants like that in two thousand three. <laughs> there was a lot of ass out. It was all about the low rise. Yeah, the low-rise jeans, people's thongs I guess, out all the time. I guess I'm just uncultured. Yeah. You are. You don't know enough. <laughs> you didn't have a thong. I think that's the out. answer here. <laughs> so Dwight and Baby show up to the house, and she says cringy shit about the baby dolls. <laughs> and then, uh, she's like, oh, by the way, my brother, the toy truck's just not here. I, not toy truck, tow truck. Fuck. I'm he already left apart. and went and got it. Yeah, but that's she doesn't tell him yeah, she that. she does. Does she? Yeah, she says, oh, he's already gone. Because I remember yeah, thinking distinctly, there's no way that he actually went to go get it. And then he actually does. Oh, okay. I always figured, I thought she said that, oh, he's just not here right now. And he's like, what? Oh, but I guess he's just like, you're not making sense. Okay, never mind. I'm dumb. Um, but then she sits him down and they start having hot chocolate. And she tries to seduce him. And then finally, the brother shows up with the car with everyone, including Chris Hardwick, in it. Yes. I don't know why I singled him out. But. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Including the guy's girlfriend, which stops the seducing. <laughs> yes, which stops the seducing. Um, and then we're introduced to Mama Firefly, mm-hmm. who shows up once everyone's there. In a great corset. Yes. And this is when you start realizing that Rob Zombie just hates teeth. Am I wrong? He He's likes like, them yellow. Yeah, he li- like brown. <laughs> like, yeah, he likes them. It's like, like, oh, this is this is it. You ready? You ready? They they look like uh, all their teeth look like Azkaban teeth. God, don't do my boy like... serious like that, okay? <laughs> Anyone that's been any time in, in Azkaban has fucking black teeth when they come out of there. That's all I gotta uh, Lucius say. Malfoy Azkaban did it. Does... He came out looking hot as hell. Yeah, he he was he was in you know he was in rich person Azkaban you know evil broken dirty <laughs> my man I can't believe that's how Kim just described him man. <laughs> evil broken and dirty yeah it's, it, it does like fit them. so many so many of them like we could just it does. We can name it's just perfect Michael Myers evil broken Fre- dirty Freddy Krueger for sure dirty evil <laughs> <laughs> for sure dirty <laughs> uh, the winter the soldier <laughs> arm broken, literally broken <laughs> evil Mrs. Nesbitt himself <laughs> when Buzz Lightyear loses his arm he becomes Mrs. Nesbitt oh he's Wait, references I have no Mrs. idea Nesbitt. no idea that one was for me okay <laughs> <laughs> that one was for me. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to, to tickle myself. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Whatever you do in your private podcast <laughs> together. Maybe save that for later. Um. Excuse me. Are you bullying me right now? Am I being yeah. Bullied? You bully yourself. You said... To be honest, you do this to yourself. You say things that are absurd sometimes. <laughs> Never in my life. Ever. Hey, poopy pants. What's up? <laughs> 
let me tickle myself. Oh, we're getting not there. say that anymore. <laughs> we just cut, Molly, cut that out. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just hold hands? No. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Kurt <laughs> Russell. We really do have a lot of running, running, <laughs> running jokes, jokes really though. Do. We Ouch. haven't even brought up my friend today. Shout out to my boy Kurt. I did during the movie though. You did. We were. Tr- I was trying to comfort you because you said you never wanted to be kidnapped like this movie and tortured. And I oh, said, yeah. "That's unlikely to happen to you. You're much more likely to like have a grudge-related incident." And then Kim was like, "You know, or demon possession, or ghosts." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I state the facts. <clears throat> I don't think I'm more likely to. I think I'm more likely to be kidnapped personally, but... No. <laughs> We've already discussed this. You always have your back to a wall. I do. How, how are they going to get you? <laughs> there's a currently a door open to the backyard in the room I'm in, and there's a curtain over it, and it's currently stressing me out just because of the conversation we just had. <laughs> I hope that big dog just well, walks right someone. in. Oh my god, that'd be lovely. The dog lives in Ohio, though. Fuck. Ohio dog. Oh, hi, dog. (laughs) God. Anyway. (laughs) I'm so glad that made you guys laugh. Whenever whenever I want to move on, and then Kim's like, thank god, let's move on, I want to (laughs) stay. Like the dog. No. It's <laughs> all gonna be cut. It's all gonna no, be cut. It's not oh my God. It. It's not That was such a good it's that was such a good dog joke. I know, no. I was like, it's not because it's all about dogs. Yeah. Yeah, you think Molly's gonna cut the dog conversation? Yeah, fuck no. <laughs> we play to our audience, which okay, is Molly. Well, this all started by me commenting on Miss, um, Mrs. Firefly's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is how we got here. Oh, I thought it was the but butt her... cleavage. <laughs> no, no we're... we moved on. That's right. Um, yeah, we moved on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, listen, I'm not being mean here. They're they're purposely just horrendous. Like they, they, the teeth are hard to get over. Hundred um, percent. But she shows up and she's like, I, I gotta have some serious respect for mrs firefly here because she's like yo it's halloween today's like an important day and y'all gotta like stay around for halloween and celebrate halloween with us um and by the way the car's gonna take several hours haha bye <laughs> is that that's that's basically it right yeah yeah <laughs> i she guess also... it's hard to say i keep wanting to stop and talk about things but i guess it will only make sense to like keep moving on really right do you guys I, have yeah i just feel like a lot of this stuff is like not the big shit that i have a lot to talk about yeah, in in comparison to the rest of the movie, this is all pretty tame. Um, then we're co- oh, we also should have mentioned from the beginning that they bring up pretty much right away that five cheerleaders have gone missing. It's in like a bunch of the opening like cutaways during the random scenes they show, and uh, they just constantly bring them up that there are five cheerleaders missing. So then we kind of learn about another character that lives in the house, which is Otis, played by Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley is kind of a horror icon in the sense that he was a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, so much that he eventually created 
a fan video or was in a fan film but either way he was in a project that was supposed to be like dedicated to texas chainsaw massacre where he played someone in the sawyer family because he loved the movie so much and he was so good in this role that they cast him in texas chainsaw massacre 2 to play a member of the sawyer family and ever since then he's just kind of been a legend because he was really good at what's he what he does a and also he was a horror fan who got to be in his favorite horror movie basically mm-hmm. um so rob zombie picked him up to be in this and i think he's probably the standout villain of the movie at least i yeah. think so yeah Kim? yeah no i agree he's the main he's the main bad guy the one that we kind There's of get like... introduced to the most anyway yeah and we meet him as he's giving i mean i i, I hesitate to call it a political diatribe but he's basically ranting to five tied up cheerleaders yeah about society with his joker brain um (laughs) (laughs) he's got joker brain real bad but uh he's basically just screaming and yelling at tied up cheerleaders in a scene that's really unsettling um but he's kind of he's not the last family member we meet we also meet tiny who is anything but um who is he played by he's played by matthew mcgory um does Tiny do any of the bad shit? No, I think it's kind of like expressed that Tiny's innocent in a lot of this. Or he's not doing it out of any maliciousness. If he's doing it, he's doing it because his family's telling him to. Tiny's my favorite character. Or McGroy, I think is his last name. McGroy? Mag- yeah. Um, But he is... I can't find his height on his IMDb right away. but Very he's... tall gotta be damn near seven feet tall right yeah tall man also I, i'm not sure what his affliction is is that is that offensive i'm, I'm trying to be no sensitive. i believe he has a form of gigantism he's like seven six seven five like he's definitely like a tall man he's seven six much like yourself aaron <laughs> yes <laughs> i in fact am seven six if anyone asks <laughs> Negative seven. Um. <laughs> Kimmy is shorter than me, though. I just want to bring that up. I'm okay with that. He's a Taurus. Hey. Or he was. Rest in peace. Bless you. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> he did pass away in 2005. Yeah. yeah, he died a lot. I thought he had passed away more recently, but I, I think he's not in Devil's Rejects for that reason. He um, is in Devil's Rejects in 2005. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, is that an... Oh, okay. I knew he passed away shortly after one of the movies. I guess he... I guess it was Devil's Rejects. Oh, he was in Sherman Oaks, California. Wow. I died at 32. Christ. He studied pre-law. He was in a lot of... I, I know him from Big Fish, which is where I remember him from. Which is a really, really weird movie. Um, And he was also on Charmed as well. So he's done some filmography. I should know that. Um, he was over five feet tall by the time he was in kindergarten. Jesus. Oh, wow. Imagine being over five <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> Why do you guys bully me? <laughs> um, either way, Tiny is a very imposing figure. And they talk about how Tiny was burned. Uh, that his father, uh, we're assuming Mr. Firefly, 
not to be confused with Molly, who is uh, Mrs. Poopy Pants. Um, <laughs> but Mr. Firefly came in and thought they were there was demons in the house that had to be burned out, and he doused the house and Tiny in gasoline before lighting the house on fire and leaving Tiny disfigured. Um, and he wears kind of like a ski mask. Mm-hmm. Or uh, no, I guess it's kind of it's kind of like a Zorro mask in some points, right? Mm-hmm. Like a little larger, but but he comes in and it's it's pretty terrifying when Tiny comes in. Um, he's quite disturbing. As they all sit down at the table, uh, this Tiny, Mrs. Firefly, and all of them sit down to have. It feels weird to say sit down to have Halloween dinner, but that's that's exactly <laughs> that's what, what they're happens. doing, right? <laughs> yeah, as they sit down to have a Halloween dinner. And then they're joined by Otis and a fetus in a jar. Yes. Okay. Making sure. (laughs) And uh, those seem to be the final two family members that weren't at the table. Oh, besides for grandpa, they say to go get grandpa. And grandpa is this uh, short, I mean, very tall uh, man who basically screams at the top of his lungs, eats mashed potatoes as they drip out of the sides of his mouth. And talks about oral sex. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, and yeah, he does, does nothing else for the entire movie. He could have been removed. He from the watched movie. Uh, TV at one point and then gets hit by and threatened with a knife. He does. Yeah, yeah. They watch. Uh, they watch the Dragula race in the monsters. And uh, yeah, he still could have been removed from the movie entirely. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, this scene sounds very Texas Chainsaw, like big family eating until that, that yes. part. <laughs> yes, and it is very Texas Chainsaw, um, the dinner. And it's very Texas Chainsaw in the way that they pick up Baby, the hitchhiker. And all of the hillbilly, hillbilly horror elements also really represent Texas Chainsaw. What did you guys think about the, the dinner scene at this point where they're, we've, we've met every family member and they come to dinner? I don't know. I, I remind me of Texas Chainsaw and I was kind of just hoping that they could get out. Like, I feel like the problem I have when I watch these movies is that I'm very much like, oh, like rooting for the main character. So I don't think too much about like, I should think more about the like other concepts happening. But I remember just being like, I want the four of them to get out of this house and be safe and to leave. Even though, like, I know that's not what's going to happen. It is funny how you're like, oh, come on, guys, get out of there. And Kim and I are like, just kill them already. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Honestly. And I think that's where, like, this movie seems long to me because I expect there to be, I think, I think I was thinking of it more in, like, the slasher pacing where it's, like, one person dies. And then, like, I expected when um, Dwight True goes back to the house. (laughs) I expected them to all slowly end up back at the house, like to slowly follow him and then slowly die based on that. And so like, I was kind of surprised by the way that this like um, developed, but I was also kind of like, what's like, okay, so maybe they can all leave. Like they're all still alive. And so then as it continues, because they have dinner and then they watch the show, which is when grandpa talks a lot about oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Did, did you have any favorite Firefly family member? Tiny. Okay, that's right. You said Tiny. You said tiny. <laughs> He's my favorite character. <laughs> about that. What, about you, what about you, Kim, before we move on to the show real quick? Do I have any favorite of the family members? Yeah, like yeah. by the time we're at the dinner scene, what's your thoughts on like 
the family? Um, honestly, I just kind of wanted people to start getting dismembered already. I kind of was just like, <laughs> it's it's almost like it's a, like a stall. Like there are some elements to it that I like the fact that they have the masks and they make them put the masks on and the masks are pretty eerie looking like they look like they're paper mache but they kind of remind me of like almost looking like um leatherface's mask that he wears to dinner like very i don't know it it has like an eeriness to it it's not obviously not made of Mm -hmm. skin but it has the same kind of detailing on it that reminds me of it I think the weirdness at the table, like the fetus, all those little small details are eerie and gross. And I think it's very like, the setup is there. The thing I just don't like about it is, is I don't like the dialogue. I don't like the grandpa. Those are the things that take, take the moment away from me. Like this could be a very dark, creepy, disturbing moment, which it kind of is. But all those extra things where, which I guess people like. The, the wannabe dark comedy, or I shouldn't say wannabe because it is comedy for some people. The dark comedy aspects or the dialogue or the, the point of conversation is what completely turns me off to it and makes me like almost want to like fast forward to the scenes where there's action because it doesn't appeal to me. But I think as far as creating a setup and, a, you know, almost like a, a, a throwback to Ch- Texas Chainsaw and like that kind of a vibe... I think it's there. The setting's there. The environment's there. There's, it does a very good job of making everyone feel really tense, but also unrealistic because those are all red flags. If someone asks me to put a mask on at a random person's house and we're having dinner when I'm waiting for my car to be fixed, I'm not fucking doing that shit. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's ridiculous. But again, that's kind of the vibe of the entire movie. So it's kind of hard to harp on that one that's kind of what the movie's like anyway and i hate the grandpa the grandpa's awful i haven't got his <laughs> did you want to grandpa and i fucking hate him yeah <laughs> fuck mashed potato grandpa I, I couldn't agree more wait do i have a okay so before before we go into the, sh- the show I, i'm i, I kind of want aj to explain the show just because it's it's interesting but um before they have the show they're going to put on like a halloween performance it shows baby putting on her makeup getting ready for the show and she's talking to somebody in the mirror and they're not responding and she goes uh aren't you supposed to cheer me up you haven't done fuck all to cheer me up since you got here and it cuts and shows that she's talking to one of the tied up cheerleaders (laughs) that has been there the whole time and i just i fucking love that it's just a little bit of humor but it's like still pretty eerie to think that you know she'd be they'd be torturing these poor girls and i i just love that part yeah that was pretty funny that that I'm fine with. That I'm okay with. But it just highlights that she's psycho and it highlights that she's fucking crazy. Yeah. But There's mashed potato also... grandpa can just disappear. Absolutely. Fuck him and his mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also a part at the dinner table where Jerry, who is still obsessed with Dr. Satan, asks the family if they know anything about Dr. Satan. And I think that uh otis who's like oh you don't want to hear about dr satan it's better that you leave with your head full of good thoughts because nothing good comes of talking about dr satan Mm -hmm. he says uh a line to jerry that i think is really good for like jerry's character where he goes i bet you'd stick your head in a fire if i told you you could see hell Mm -hmm. and that's one of those lines that like it might be from something else but I, i i really like that line i think it explains jerry's character full on like that could be his character description and it would fit yeah, all of them, because they're, they're still staying there, even though 
out of probably what we can assume is just curiosity and wanting to figure th figure it out. Like, I guess it's kind of the basis of all these characters in horror movies that go seek out adventures like this or stay in situations mm -hmm. to get answers. I think it's kind of building on that characteristic. And I, it is the one little implication into, like, I guess, a character development or some kind of information on who these people are. So you're right. I, I do kind of like that line as well. Well, also, like, Jer Jerry was straight up told to leave it alone. Like, Captain Spaulding's like, dude, stop asking about Dr. Satan in the tree. Like, fuck off. Yeah. And he just wore him down and wore him down. And I do think, to some degree, Captain Spaulding didn't want them to go there and get killed. He knew it would happen. But he was like, listen, man, don't, don't go dicking around with that. Just eat your chicken and shut the fuck up. But um, he wasn't going to go as far to as saving them, but... If he could let that line slip and the fireflies would be none the wiser, I think he would have been happy. Mm. Um, did you want to explain the show scene, AJ? So, I mean, I think there's like two main parts of the show. There's the grandpa's scene where he talks about oral sex a lot. Um, and screams, just screams at the screams. top of his lungs. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of screaming. <laughs> And then there's baby scene where she's like dancing to the song and like singing. Like lip syncing to like some song. It's like a almost burlesque kind of concept. Mm -hmm. um, and so she goes out into the audience and she's like dancing around with all of them and stuff. And then she goes to sit in Dwight Schrute's lap and his girlfriend literally stands up and is like, get the fuck off of him. Which, again, a little... A little hard for the fa people. Fa fair to feel that way. Fair to feel that way. Definitely, like get it. But also, like maybe, maybe don't scream at the people who are kind of sketchy and whose house you're in. Maybe be like, hey, hey, uh, stop that. That's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Or just like wait for the moment to be over and be like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, there are much more passive ways to handle it. She took the most aggro way. And so then baby's like, I will cut you to pieces and like literally pulls out a knife. She says, I will cut your tits off and shove them down your throat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's got the quotes. <laughs> yes. The rest of my notes are almost quotes. Like, um, seriously. Mine are all questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they and then at the same time, the other brother who... Oh, actually, could be my favorite. I don't know. The no brother time. that is has the tow truck and everything. The brother that has the tow truck. We haven't really talked about all too much, but yeah. he's not no very name. important anyway. Kind of hot. <laughs> he... <laughs> he opens the door and is like, car's done. And so they get in the car and they're all like running to the car and they're like, get the fuck in the car. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, mom stops baby from killing the from girl. cutting her tits off and shoving them down her throat. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so then they they all run into the car. They're like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." They get in. They start driving. They drive down the driveway, and the gate's closed. And so Dwight Schrute gets out and goes to open the gate. And he's. They're like, "Don't get out." And they're like, "I had to open the gate." And then <laughs> when he does that, he gets attacked. I realize that I'm past the show. By um, Otis being pretending to be a scarecrow. Yes. And then there's another guy in a tree that, like, jumps down, too. I think it's tiny. Okay. Um, and so then 
Dwight Schrute starts getting attacked, and then um, the other guy, whose name I can't remember. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. He can- <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for the character's name, but... Jerry. I've, I've, Jerry. I've given up. <laughs> Jerry comes and, like, tries to save Dwight Schrute and gets attacked as well. <laughs> And is like on the ground. Um, they're both on the ground, and so then the girls like close the door, and they're like scared too. And then they get attacked, and the car gets beat the fuck up. And the girl, one of the girls, gets Mary gets pulled like out of the window, and through the window. And then the other one, Denise, is like still sitting there, and then it closes out. Yeah, and then that's kind of the end of like the intro, and the rest of it is like kind of the horror movie portion. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about that a bit or do we want to move on to what kind of happens next? I think we can continue to move on because we still have a good amount to. Yeah. We're also an hour and 42 minutes. Yeah. In, so we need to, we got to push through a little bit here, yeah. but yeah. Uh, th- there's a lot to talk about next. Um, the characters kind of wake up one at a time. We start with, uh, fuck. I don't remember which girl it is. If it's Mary Denise or Mary, we start off with Mary, um, waking up and she's with Otis and Otis calls her. It says, I, I bet you haven't worked a day in your life. Uh, you Malibu Barbie piece of shit, which <laughs> I, I enjoyed, uh, quite. I, I like that part a lot. Um, and she's like, I just want to see if Bill's okay. Cause I'm a big fan of the office. And I, I like, I hope. <laughs> Dwight's all right. And he's like, you want to see Dwight? You want to see Dwight Schrute? I'll show you Dwight Schrute. And he pulls the curtain on and has turned Bill into Fish Boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a little ahead here. Fish Boy is great. But they do also have a montage where they are torturing Bill. Mm -hmm. They have put him on a like torture rack type thing and they are cutting him with a razor blade and while this is happening they're playing brick house right. the song brick house and it continuously gets louder until you can't hear any of the scene you only hear brick house and they cut dwight Schrute's face and then eventually his hand off and then start trying to put the hand near or in his mouth and then it cuts away and it's honestly pretty awesome like it sounds horrible but with that song playing and blocking out all the audio it's a scene i'm a fan of and i think kim said she enjoyed it as well yeah this is when the gore starts happening and i really fuck with that so i also like the song this is what i've been waiting for from here on out is definitely (laughs) my shit i i love gore so i was like finally something gets cut off finally we get to see some blood (laughs) like fuck i've been waiting for this aj what did you think of that I was a little grossed out by it, especially when they're, like, cutting his face. I was like, oof, that's gross. Um, it's pretty rough. Yeah. That's, I don't like gore. Any of it. So. Good to know. So, um, they torched. <laughs> that they, they show so evil. Yeah. No, that's. Yikes. Uh, I think Kim might be uh, broken, dirty, and evil. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. They show Dwight being tortured, and then they show what happened to him, which they turned him into Fish Boy, where he is some side of some kind of like roadside freak show attraction, where from the waist down they have replaced him with basically like a fish body, mermaid tail type thing. Is that fair? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I like that <laughs> that portion. I think it's pretty fucking disturbing when they show him all fucking dead and half fish. Which what about you guys? It made me regret every time I said I wanted to be a mermaid. 
<laughs> oh, and AJ really wants to be a mermaid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. It was really well done. Uh, yeah. Um it, it, I feel like that's really when the movie starts kicking into gear as far as some of the horror elements. Then we move on to Jerry waking up. Uh Jerry is also tied to a chair. And then baby opens the door and says hey poopy pants what's new (laughs) and she starts cutting off his hair and he's really dramatic about the first couple cuts of hair yeah like he's he's really freaking out about them cutting a couple things it might just be as the audience we just saw fish boy and we're like yeah big fucking deal you lost some hair but but he does kind of freak out about it and i think she says like if you can answer who's my favorite actress I won't fuck you up, and he doesn't know, so she begins to scalp him. Yeah. Basically, she cuts off a portion of his scalp. What was the answer? Betty Davis. Yeah. He guessed Marilyn Monroe, and he was incorrect. Then it cuts to the. uh, It cuts to if Mary, right? Because the first one was Denise, or was do I have this? No, you have it backwards. It cuts to Denise. Cuts to Denise, who has been changed into. A dress, a like a dirty, gross doll dress, and she is tied to a bed. When Tiny comes in, <laughs> with what's the name of the series? A- Agatha Christie's. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Crispies. Agatha Crispies. Yeah, is the cereal he comes down with, and he pours it into a dog bowl with his name on it, and slurps it in a way that is really gross. Mm-hmm. And she basically sits there and says, "Let me go." And then finally, Tiny's like, "All right." And unties her. She tries to go up the stairs, and then Otis grabs her and shoves her into a pit where a bunch of women that are never explained are in there, and they kind of tackle her, and they never talk about it again. I guess it could be the cheerleaders, but... Yeah, that was my guess, was I was going to say, do you think that they were the cheerleaders? I guess... some of them. It might assume that they're, like, zombies, or they're some kind of supernatural thing. Which is really strange at that point in the movie because all of the supernatural shit happens in the last like 15 minutes and yeah. it doesn't make a ton of sense there because it's just not even an element you're aware of in the movie and they never bring it up again. Okay, so going into this movie, here's my assumption time. Going mm. into this movie, I thought it was a movie about zombies. Fair. And I don't know why, but I thought it was a movie about zombies and I thought it was like... um very stereotypically about zombies. So I expected there to be zombies like early on, which is probably why I was so fucking confused for so much of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So then like, which I mean, we'll get into this more later, but we do get supernatural zombie like creatures. Are they Mm -hmm. zombies? I don't know. Kim, what do you think? I just consider them corpses. I, I just, I put them down as just walking corpses. I guess they could be interpreted as, zombies but i mean i'm assuming they're just the victims that these it's just like you know the victims that these people have gone through and kind of because i mean when we got into like the doctor satan aspect of it i think that's kind of where there's a bit more lore to be uncovered because he himself is quite an entity that isn't human anymore i think we have we have a lot to talk about on that thing in just a little bit here. I think this is a dangerous path to start with. Just we we're we're almost there. <laughs> okay. But yeah, she gets tackled by the cheerleaders, and then that's all we see of them for a little bit. 
uh, we then are kind of introduced into the plot that Denise's father, who she called earlier, is friends with the police officers in the area or sheriff in the area and is asking for him to investigate near Captain Spaulding since that was the last place he heard from her. They continue, they find their beat up car and kind of retrace their path. And eventually our two police officers, I know this is kind of a fast jump, but I might go in too fast. No, keep going. No. They're at a good pace. Okay. Our two police officers who have been hunting after these kids who found their wrecked car wind up at the Firefly residence. They're currently torturing some of them when Mother Firefly comes in to Otis and is like, there's cops at the door. Otis says, take this gun and go talk nice to him and I'll I'll deal with this. So she goes up with her grody ass teeth and is trying to like flirt (laughs) with the sheriff. And the sheriff is kind of agreeing to it, but is kind of doubtful at the same time she winds up he ends up asking to come inside while his deputy who is with denise's father go around the back um as they go around the back they open the barn is that is was that fair yeah. a barn yeah. or shed barn, i would say they, they open the doors and they see a bunch of this cheerleaders uh dead along with um Man, I just can't get their names right. Were they all t- um, the cheerleaders, or is one of them one of our main characters? I can't. I can never remember. No, they're all cheerleaders. Yeah, they're right? all the cheerleaders. Um, there's at least one living. I think there might be two or three, but the rest are certainly dead. And they're all strung up for display in the barn. Oh, and I and believe Mary's the... in the barn as well. Mary's the one in the front that's. Okay, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Mary's in the barn with all the the cheerleaders, most of which are dead, and the deputy uh, calls on the radio and is like, "Hey, I forget his name, but he's like, Sheriff, you got to get back here." And the second the sheriff goes to answer his radio, Mrs. Firefly shoots him through the neck. In a slow motion scene, that's kind of badass and kind of crazy, and he drops dead. Then Otis comes out of the back uh, near the barn and immediately shoots Denise's father, like in the chest area, like twice, and he drops and falls into a puddle. Now it's just the deputy there who puts, who drops his gun and puts his hands up behind his head and like a sign of surrender. And Otis goes and presses the gun to his head and it zooms out and shows it from like a top view of Otis with the gun against the deputy's head and it's maybe nearly a full minute of silence before he pulls the trigger. Yeah, I kind of thought the movie was going to end there. Hmm. I Be- could see that. Just because they pull out, he's like going to kill him, then the the loose end is that everyone dies. Cuz technically the only one you've seen still alive is Mary at that point. Mm-hmm. You could kind of assume that everyone else was killed. Um, I kind of thought based on like when they zoomed out and they were like zooming out so far, I was like, "Oh, is this the end?" <laughs> I could see that. I uh, like that's uh, that's an interesting take on it. I I could see how that almost it, it could be, but uh, I I really like the time they they put in that scene and how long they wait. I think it's it's a really suspenseful scene. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what he's gonna do, but I think dragging it out is not only scary for the audience but i couldn't imagine that length of time going by and having that gun pointed at my head yeah it's it's scary on on both levels for me even though you thought it was going to end did you still like the scene 
Yeah, I kind of liked how it lasted so long. I thought that was really interesting and different. Kim? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I did like the suspense of it. So I think that added a little bit of something to it. Even though we knew what was going to happen, it's kind of like the last hope was kind of being taken away. Um, like I said, the latter part of this I really fuck with. So I, I really <laughs> I enjoyed this part. Finally, we're seeing something interesting happen. You, you like the sheriff getting shot to the neck and everything? Yeah, one by one getting taken down. It's kind of like, I mean, we kind of expected it to happen, but at the same time, it was like, now where are we going with this? Now the last hope is gone. Now all we have left to see everyone get killed is the expectation after this, unless, and there's that little unless, you know, where I think this movie does a lot of that, where we think the plot's going somewhere and it kind of doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I think now it, it's a bit more open as to like, well, these guys are gone. <laughs> What's going to, where do we go from yeah. here? I, I would argue too that if it, if it wasn't for me having seen this movie for, uh, before, I would have assumed that the cops would play a larger mm-hmm. role for a longer yeah. time. Because they really do die within a couple minutes of their them being really plot re- relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did, did you like it? I mean, it was AJ's first time. Did you, you thought they were gonna last longer? I don't know I, necessarily that I had thought that much about it, but it was very much like, oh shit, everyone. Like when I saw her get handed the gun, I was like, okay, they're gonna die. Like, mm-hmm. but I did have the moment where I was like, because again, I didn't have a concept of how long the movie had been so far. So the concept of the movie ending wasn't crazy to me. So like them releasing Mary and her being the final girl or things like that, like kind of seemed like the best out and the most out that we had gotten so far. Um, Because so far it kind of seemed very hopeless and like they were all just going to die there. And I didn't really get how there might be like, I was really convinced for a long time that there wouldn't be a final girl in this film. And I guess there really isn't, but um there i definitely had that like moment where i was like oh the cops are here like maybe this will actually do something and then they didn't yeah it's 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 certainly like the hope being drained to some degree yeah um we good to move on Mm -hmm. yeah um so after they're all dead it kind of fades out and then it resumes to all of our surviving characters which is really everyone except for dwight uh Mm -hmm. we just have the partially scalped chris hardwick and then Denise and Mary, who are beaten, but not really too badly harmed, right? Is that fair? Yeah. Well, Mary's got, like, cut in her stomach. Yeah. She had boo cut on her, into her stomach. Yeah. Um, but they're all dressed as rabbits and tied down in, like, the main room of the house. While Otis is skinning Denise. Uh, Denise, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. Am I saying that? Denise's father. And wearing his skin, uh, putting on his face, chest, and arms. Yeah. And they, um, they're all tied up, and the family's watching them, and they're kind of waiting for Otis to come down. And then Otis comes in, and I, I can't help but laugh every time, but he shows up wearing someone else's skin and just goes, I'm the one who brings the Christmas candy. I'm the one who beats you when you're bad. <laughs> what's the last one that's it. i think that's just the two i think he, no i'm the one who brings the kiss christmas candy now uh now tell me who's your daddy i'm yeah. the one who brings the devil's brandy i'm the one who beats you when you're bad 
And then in easily the most disturbing scene of the movie, he goes and kisses Denise while wearing her father's skin. Yeah, that part was really gross. (laughs) That is the part of the movie I think of as being the most disturbing and traumatizing. It's not a scene I'm a fan of, but I almost respect the lengths it goes to. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fan? Yeah, I definitely, I love that scene. It's on my list of one of my favorite, favorite scenes because it's so fucked up. (laughs) I love that. I love the skin suit. I love the psychological terror that's going on. It. I mean, I I guess I can see that it can be a lot for some people, like imagining that. But I, it's what I've been waiting for. It like makes this movie worth it because I want to. I want that shit. Like I want to see it. And I personally, it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I think I think it's fair. I, I think it's it's certainly one of the most memorable scenes. I, I think of that scene when I think of this movie quite often. AJ. It was memorable for sure. <laughs> um, like I'll, I'll remember it tonight while I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a very gross concept and very disturbing. I kind of okay. Listening to Kim's kind of arguments about this, I feel like those are the moments that feel like a true horror film. Like I feel like so much of this movie is like confusing but also like playing so much that like it's not creepy and it doesn't like like it's not truly as unsettling as it could be and I feel like this is a scene that's truly as unsettling as it could be Hmm. what do you think Erin I mean I I think it's definitely two different versions of I think people's approaches to horror well there's, there's a lot of approaches to it but there's definitely like viscerally visually i'm sorry visually disturbing and unsettling and then there's when we get to the extreme of that which is gore and i think this movie just like texas chainsaw does both uh i I think this movie's a variety movie in like every sense of the word it's got a little bit of everything it'll i don't know maybe i'm a sick fuck but it'll make you laugh it'll make you cringe it'll make you gag you know it's it's a bit of it's a bit of everything um but doesn't mean i like every part of it <laughs> and i think it it gets uh i think at that point it's certainly the psychological part that overtakes everything for me i think the wearing the skin and kissing is one thing but it being her father is another and it, it it's really unsettling almost like the the strangers watching each other die at the end i'm just not a fan <laughs> <laughs> do you want to finish up uh yeah. Um well, honestly, do you want to finish up, Kim? Uh do you, I can if you want me to. Yeah, cuz this is your this is your part, right? <laughs> the rest of this is the rest of this is your forte. <laughs> I'd love to hear your take on it. Uh okay, so we passed the skin of her dead father, which love that <laughs> being one we're, of, we're gonna, <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, just casually brushing past that. Uh, I'm going to speed through it though uh, but I'll I'll touch on the end as much as I can I I have a point to bring up at one point but go for it Um, so at this point uh, they're taken out to like they're dressed as rabbits which I don't know where they got those costumes from but apparently they have it in their budget to just have random rabbit costumes lying around and they're outside to an abandoned well 
Uh, Mary tries to run away. She, like, finds a way to escape. She runs. Unfortunately, she is tackled down by Baby and is stabbed to death. Um, and Baby licks the fucking blade afterwards. It's mm-hmm. it's actually the only time I can say I, I kind of like her. Which I know sounds also- weird coming from what she did. But I think there's... She annoyed me throughout this movie, and I think here it's more of a level of sadisticness as opposed to just being crazy, wacko, nutjob. I think the transition, to me, I prefer it to be a more malicious, sadistic take than before, where she's just weird and crazy and, like, I don't know. It didn't appeal to me as much, but... um, Yeah. They're, they're also... She's also telling kind of a story about a rabbit being hunted. Yeah, she's chasing she's her. chasing her down as she's dressed as a rabbit. She's doing a little, like, it's almost like a nursery rhyme kind of a vibe mm-hmm. um, to kind of taunt her before she tackles her and stabs her. Um, and there's, oh, after this, there's like a, a pyre kind of being burnt in the middle. Um, this is where Otis is now donning his iconic drip outfit, his red... Is it like a, it's not a suit, is it like a dress or like a shawl? I think, I think it, it reminds me of like a priest outfit, like a... Yeah, almost, kind of with like white makeup, and is it a, is it an X on his forehead or a cross on his forehead? Something. It's an upside down cross. Uh, on his forehead, and I believe Baby's also dressed in like a, the two women, Baby and Mother Firefly, are dressed in now like more wispy, almost Grecian looking dresses i guess it's it's more of like it looks like a satanic ritual which i kind of fuck with um but it's a it's a beautiful i would say beautifully shot and executed scene very different from everything we've seen before by the way it's a whole different atmosphere now based on how they're dressed and what's going on um jerry and denise are placed in a coffin they're forced to be put into a coffin and they're lowered into the well um and as they go down obviously it's they're yelling well at least denise is yelling i believe jerry is kind of i think he's unconscious she she does a really great job i gotta give her credit for this in these last few scenes of really edging on that desperation tone to it i mean out of all of them i think she's kind of the one at this point that's a bit more bucked up after seeing her dad (laughs) yeah um and so now she's placed with her friend who is now essentially fucking unconscious and maybe dead in a coffin being lowered into a well. I'm pretty sure what's... it's her boyfriend. Is it her boyfriend? Yeah, okay, I wasn't uh, sure. I think yeah, they're, they're, they're the couple, yeah. Um, which, well, that's even fucking worse. Um, and then as they're lowered down, these... I thought they were corpses, but now that I'm re-looking at my notes, I believe that they're... Which I guess will be kind of a tell, but that's fine. Um, I think they're to be revealed shortly. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're 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 people. I'll get. I'll say at the end what they are. They're people. It's hard to say zombies for now. I right? guess. Yeah, I think they're so. creatures. They look like creatures that come out of the water. They're like blackened, and they they look really. I love how they look. Um, and yeah. they start kind of destroying the coffin, taking it piece by piece to kind of get to them. And one of them pulls Jerry and kind of disappears into, I assume, is like a hole. And now we kind of notice that underneath where the well is, there's a lot of tunnels. Um, and there's mutilated corpses throughout the tunnels as well. It's really beautifully set up. Um, 
and she kind of wanders through those tunnels, kind of trying to find her way through, a way out. And, and there is when we now have the reveal. She encounters who we find out to be Dr. Satan himself and a couple of experiments, I guess, is the best way to kind of classify them as um, that are people, but they're not fully aware of what's going on. Um, and she stumbles upon the fact that now Jerry, where Jerry is, he's on the operating table where Dr. Satan is <laughs> essentially dissecting him or vivisecting him, I should say, because he's technically still um, alive, I believe. Alive. Digging around through his brain. Yeah, so he's he's alive and he's basically cutting him open and experimenting on him. It's obviously a pretty horrible scene and he dies and Denise is, which is adding to the trauma of poor Denise, screams... <laughs> And can we stop here for a mm-hmm. second and talk about it? You could continue, but but, but uh, uh, th- th- this is when the movie gets really artistic, mm-hmm. and it, and it really becomes colorful, even right? right? Like it's it's full of bright, <laughs> vivid colors as they go through. Like it's very blue in the beginning, and then Doctor Satan's room is very red, and the entire frame and screen is red. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Satan's disgusting. He looks incredible, very like emaciated and partially kind of like steampunk and he's breathing through this apparatus and he's got kind of like Edward Scissorhands-esque like tools and stuff. Yeah, like he's being held up by something in the, is it the ceiling? Yeah, or or something He has like like a Darth Vader kind of vibe to him. Like he has like a thing on his mouth, like a breathing, um, not like a respirator, but uh, I should know this. I literally... I'm an EMT. How do I forget what the fuck this shit's called? <laughs> when you need oxygen. CPAP? Kind of like a CPAP, yeah, almost, to his face with, like, a tube on it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, the movie goes fucking crazy. I mean, you're, you're, you're stuck in this very, like, semi-realistic serial killer hillbilly setting, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're crawling through tunnels full of corpses and zombies until you find the mythical dr satan at the end and it's very fitting that jerry who couldn't shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up about dr satan and wanted to meet dr satan so bad would die by his hand yeah and it's it's so like even the the tunnels like the way the walls are created like it's just it's so well done like it's so cool looking like man i want to walk through there you know obviously i don't want to die but i think that (laughs) shit looks really fucking cool (laughs) yeah what were you thinking at this point, AJ? Oh, no, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was thinking that we were on the weirdest haunted house ever. And what the fuck is happening? Because, okay, when they got lowered in the ground, I thought that they were going to be buried alive. Like, that was just, I was like, oh, they're going to be buried alive. And so I wrote in my notes, I was like, we should talk about how bad being buried alive would be. Like, what's everyone rating it on how awful of a death that would be? And then they're in this cavern, and then there's, like, weird fucking things pulling them apart. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And there's this whole scene where, like, one of them is, like, a human. There's, like, a human man down there. And he just, like, walks up to Denise and, like, pulls. Like, they, like, try to take the bunny costume from her. Mm -hmm. And they, like, take that away from her. And then she's in her dress again. And then the guy leaves. I think he was wearing a bunny suit himself. Are you sure? Or like partial? Yeah, he's, wear- yeah. he's wearing he's wearing ears for sure. Yeah. Oh, he, still weird. He, 
it's almost like he's the one that retrieves the costumes for later, which I thought was kind oh. of funny because you guys asked if they had budget for the costume and clearly not. They got to keep <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's so weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. Oh, no. You're not going to give me the... <laughs> To say it's not weird, it's fucking bizarre. But yeah, you're you're following it. <laughs> um, so that whole thing happens, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, why is this man here? And then she's just like walking down the cavern, trying to get away from these like weird zombie things. And then she opens up, and it's like Doctor Satan and all these people. And I'm like, what the absolute fuck is happening in this movie? And I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want to wrap it up, Kim, with uh, the Dr. Satan creation, whatever the hell he is? The ending? Okay. Okay. Um, so at this point, where we left off, Jerry is dead. Denise is screaming. Um, Dr. Satan orders his assistant, or lackey, I guess, mm-hmm. um, to go capture Denise. Uh, but Denise outwits him. And he, she kind of crawls away to the surface. The tunnels kind of end up collapsing. I don't quite remember how she manages to, like, knock everything down. But the tunnels kind of collapse He him. cuts it down. Oh, he has an axe. And he's trying, that's right, he's trying to, like, kill her, essentially, with the axe. And he accidentally um, goes into part of the tunnel and everything kind of knocks down and falls on top of him. So she's kind of spared from his wrath. And she makes it to the top in a really cool shot where a hand kind of comes up from the grass and she kind of pulls her way out. Um, and then she makes her way to the main road. There's now a street. The sun's out. Um, she sees a car coming and she sees Captain Spaulding is the one who's driving. And he gives her a ride. And she is sent, he obviously is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> she's like, I got away. And she's bleeding. She looks, she looks really battered up and fucked up and she kind of passes out from what we can assume is exhaustion um in the passenger seat and then we see otis our man otis appear in the back seat (laughs) um with the knife and then denise wakes up later on to find herself on the operating table similar to jerry surrounded by dr satan and his bestie um, who apparently he survived, I guess, the collapse for some reason. Well, it makes sense. He looks fucked up. And um, and it ends with a wonderful, wonderful, my favorite shot of this movie of just Denise screaming and seeing red and shots to her eyes. And it's, oh God, it's so beautifully done. And then we get a fucking the end, which is the most cheesiest shit I've ever seen. And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> and it adds there a question, question mark. mark. Yeah. <laughs> that but that's essentially the ending. <laughs> the, um, the like kind of quote unquote final boss, like the lackey of Dr. Satan. Um, he's referred to as the professor. Oh, that's right. I, I, I don't know why, but he is the father of Tiny. Oh, he's the ex-husband, oh. right? When they when they show uh, the dad dousing the place yeah. with yeah. gasoline, it looks just like the professor's like silhouette. Wow! And it would be Earl Firefly mm. would be his name. Correct, correct. Uh, Interesting. Um, 
just a cool little like thing that I missed my first couple of times. But I, I uh, he does have some kind of meaning because he is this weird steampunk. He you see through his red eyes and he makes like Terminator sounds and he mm-hmm. oozes green ooze out of his mouth at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really fucked up looking. They're all really fucked up looking, but in such a good way, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that ending right, shot we... was probably my favorite. Um, I, I love we'll it. We'll go over like our favorite stuff. Barry Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. and its ending. So you spoiled the ending to me because you said that. And then I was like, oh, is she about to get murdered? What, that it's Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, Aaron said at the end when she first got in the car, he was like, it's very Texas Chainsaw. She lives in Texas Chainsaw, though. The car takes her to see. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Now I'm feeling very confused. She rides off. She gets in the backseat of the truck. Um, Leatherface is coming oh, after yeah. her, and he doesn't but... make it. Oh yeah, maybe but... I was thinking of something else then. But I definitely thought that because you said that they were gonna, she was gonna get murdered. Oh no no no, that's funny. <laughs> that, that, that's funny because it's because <laughs> I, I I didn't, but yeah, but I see what you mean. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't spoil it, but it it ruined it for you in in, in, in its own way. That's super mm-hmm. random. Okay. I don't know why I thought she got murdered at the end of Texas Chainsaw. She's got to live for that reboot. Mm-hmm. Did <laughs> I wonder in the in the remake of it if she does she die? Cuz I saw the remake of it. They're not even like the same characters in the remake if I remember correctly. Yeah. The 2013 one, it's yeah, there's a whole different No, the 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 first remake like the 06 one or 07 oh or no whatever. i saw the 2013 yeah, it's the one oh, that she, oh. She i blocked things. that out yeah that's the only one that i've seen um. well, i've seen the original but that's the remake i saw anyways i thought that 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 made me think she was gonna get murdered and then she got murdered <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get murdered in the 2013 i just want to look up the casting it's the one with alexander daddario and she she lives that was a fucking stupid movie <laughs> they, have, they like hug and make up they're like cousins and she's oh, like cousin. yeah <laughs> and I'm like bitch right yeah fuck that yeah, movie she like protects him there is right. only slander <laughs> for that movie, that movie on this podcast there will be no praise <laughs> for that movie i never said there was praise i was just confused by the ending yeah okay. no, she lives. i don't know why i thought this all right we are like almost two and a half hours yeah. into this so i think it's probably best we we talk real quick about favorite parts and then do final thoughts and wrap up yeah uh, should I, who wants to go first or should i go first go ahead I at first wanted to be appalled by this movie and say that it was like nonsensical in its plot, but the more I watch this movie, the more I love like each part of it. It's almost three different movies in one. Yes. Um, and I I like that about it because it never really drags on for too long, in my opinion. I do think it goes kind of off the rails at the end, but in a fun way. Um, it's certainly crass and gross in some areas that it doesn't need to be, but overall, I I'm just a big fan and um. I got mixed feelings about a lot of Rob Zombie's work, but for me, this is this is really strong. Um, I really enjoy the opening with Captain Spaulding. I think he's probably the most iconic portion of this, but overall, I think this movie managed to be really disturbing and gross, but also really fun at the same time, which is always what I want. It's to still feel like I watched a horror movie, but at the same time, had fun. I don't think i liked this movie 
uh, it was wild. It was just very confusing and kind of batshit. And I was just very lost and I still have a lot of questions. My main question is, at one point during our conversation, we said that there they weren't zombies. Aaron's like, oh, yeah, let's go. What back are to they? That. So what are they? Kim, okay, what, what did you think they were? Failed experiments from Dr. Satan's fucked up uh, shit. Yeah, I assume they were survivors that had made it far enough to have been lowered into the car- the coffin during like the ritual. And they were experimented on by Dr. Satan. And I think that leaves you in a state worse than death. Great. That's horrific. Yeah. They're also kind of like, I don't know if they're also partially his experiments from like before as well. When mm-hmm. he was actively a serial killer um, in his past. They kind of give his background in the beginning of the movie, which I can reiterate if you'd like, because I took notes on that too. Um, Go for it. So his basic background is he was a surgeon. He is an actual doctor by the name of Quentin or S. Quentin Quayle, I believe is the last name. Dr. Satan was a nickname they gave him after they found out about what he did. Um, He was a murderer, torturer, and master surgeon um, while he was interning at Willows County uh, Mental Hospital. He performed forbidden brain surgery on patients. His like weird end goal was to try to make superhumans, um, for some fucking reason, out of the patients that he had there. And once he was discovered, he was obviously hanged by an angry mob, but the next day his body was gone and they had no idea where he went. And that's kind of where the legend of his story moves on. And now we find out that he is underground in the tunnels either being taken care of by this family or we're not i'm not quite sure as to how extensive their connection is um but i assume that these court or these i don't want to call them corpses but these individuals that we see down there are continued experiments that he's either done or continues to do because of i guess how the family kind of provides them to him for some reason yeah and that's kind of his his spiel yeah that's I think it's I think it's actually kind of supernatural and I think they're speaking in tongues at the end and performing like a ritual. At least that's how I interpret it. I think it's intentionally vague, you know. Yeah, cuz it looks like he's yeah. being kept alive by something. Like he has those things that are keeping him upright and the mask and the way that he looks, it looks very like like almost like he was killed, resurrected and being kept alive. Um yeah. so he can continue to do his evil shit. And the sequels don't can answer any questions because they kind of just continue as if they were a serial killer family. They don't address Dr. Satan or any of the supernatural elements as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I don't uh, remember the Devil's Rejects. I don't think I finished it. <laughs> um, so I, I can't say whether they do or they don't, but it's not. I don't know much about that. I only know what's from this movie because I took notes on it. Mm-hmm. But off the top of I'm, my head, I'm, I wouldn't know. I'm almost, there are some amazing scenes in Devil's Rejects. Like, it starts with a firefight between them and the cops at the Firefly house, like, within the first five minutes, and it's incredible. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure they dump everything. Yeah. The, that That's supernatural. They're just supposed to be, like, a serial killer family as of De- Devil's Rejects. I could be wrong and sound like a fucking idiot right now, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, so they're not um, zombies in the traditional sense that they're reanimated corpses, per se, but I would say they're zombies in the sense that 
they've been tampered with, messed with, or something has been done to them to yeah. put them in an almost zombie-like state. Um, we never talked yeah. about it, but the the makeup they did for the creatures in the well are it looks amazing. It's the cover of the actual movie, I believe, or the movie poster. And it looks yeah. haunting. It's so fucking good. I wish there was more of that. That's what I fucking like. Is these last few sections of the movie. I fucking love. I wanted more. I would like more of it, please. <laughs> and that's probably what I would change about this movie. Is I want more of that portion of it. That's fair. And I think that's a side effect of it being three different movies. Is you probably want more of one of them. Mm-hmm. But does that answer your question, AJ? Yes, that does. Do you have any more questions or things you want? No, I think that was my main one. I think that, I mean, I think I'm going to get, that gives me as much answers as I'm going to get about this. Hmm. Did you want to give your final thoughts then, Kim? Uh, Sure. I probably wouldn't put this on like my top 10 favorite movies. Probably wouldn't even be my top 20. But like I said, the last part of the movie is probably the only thing I really like about it. The beginning isn't really my thing. Um, but I can appreciate what it does. I think for this movie is probably the only one that I will give Rob Zombie the credit where he kind of deserves, even though he personally doesn't like this movie, as he said in a couple of interviews. It is it is sloppy and choppy, but I think for a directorial debut, which this was for him, it's different. And I, I think I have to respect people and directors who try to do things that are different and not necessarily fit into a mold, especially when it comes to horror. So I got to give him credit for that. I think he does a lot of pop culture references, which is pretty, I think, what brings in people the most. I think there's almost a nostalgia factor that he kind of plays around with. I think bringing in the serial killer conversation, the horror movie mentions, like the Mumsters, Wolfman, the Black Lagoon. I think those kind of little nuggets of things that we recognize kind of makes it much more enjoyable, not only for audiences that you know, at this point now do like him, but also for people like us who kind of like horror will recognize those little pieces. It makes it a bit more appealing and worthwhile to watch. I think the music was actually cleverly done in this movie. A lot of rock and roll music, country music, things that people know, even though the setting of the movies in the 70s, um, I think having all these pop culture references would sometimes kind of puts it out of perspective for the time period. But I think it's appealing enough to audiences that it makes it enjoyable. His shots aren't my favorite. I don't like the side-by-sides. I don't like the random imagery that he puts in. But I think his zoom-ins are effective in this movie. And I think we see that especially in the ending. Um, That very, very last shot of Denise, I think, is so well done. And in my opinion, if there had been more of that in the movie versus the side-by-side shots... I would have personally liked that better because it, it reminds me of like an old school movie, like from the 70s almost. Um, so I think we can kind of appreciate it for the influences and the way that he kind of shoots his stuff. Although I don't think it all works. I think there's a lot of whiplash that happens in this movie. Um, again, I don't want to harp on it too much, but the over-sexualization of like the woman in this movie, at least baby, versus the way he treats the other two women, Mary and Denise, in terms of his writing is kind of the biggest thing I don't really like. But at the end of the day, I can only praise the movie for its last portion. The gore, I really liked it. I would probably place that an 8 out of 10. The scalp cutting, loved. The skin mask, loved. Even the way that Jerry was like 
opened on the table like it's so fucking well done and that to me is probably the biggest appeal of this movie in terms of everything else but it definitely has a dark comedy cult following kind of a vibe to it so i i can see why people like it personally for me i only enjoyed the last bit of it so that's just kind of <laughs> it for me fair enough aj very AJ? fair um i didn't go oh um i yeah i don't know i this movie was really confusing and i don't really think i liked it that much but it was very like it was like interesting like i couldn't stop being like invested in every minute of it well mostly because i was like what is happening and that only kind of continued throughout the movie um and like that's all i could think when i look back on it it's just very much like that was a ride and I was on it from beginning to end. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I think you did go, but I love hearing you twice. I got lost <laughs> too. I got super lost for a second, <laughs> but no, I agree. It, it was kind of all over the place. Oh, it, it's, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all over the place. It's, it's ridiculous, but I, I love I love all the little pieces of it, so I, I gotta I, I gotta dig it. But I love that hillbilly um, horror. You know what the weird thing is is I don't. I'm no. really not a fan of hillbilly horror, but I think eyes. this in the first <laughs> kind of a vibe. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's fair. Yeah, you know what? I even like Wrong Turn. Maybe I do. Am I learning <laughs> something about myself? <laughs> oh my god, we should watch Wrong Turn. Oh god. How do you not love Wrong Turn? I mean, I've watched it a thousand times because sci-fi plays that shit like crazy. You're you're always I hype up sci-fi. Sci-fi, you love sci-fi. When I tell you that I watched that shit a lot when I was like just in high school, I mean, I like it, but I don't know. I teeter. I think when we get to gore horror, it sometimes can become a bit exploit exploitative horror which kind of is like Mm -hmm. i don't think wrong turn does it per se i know people criticize this movie for doing that and i kind of partially agree with some of the over sexualization slash necrophilia shit that's not really my vibe um so it's always kind of a hit or miss with these kind of movies i think wrong turn kind of it's not exploitative but it's definitely like i mean it can be i'm not gonna lie he'll have eyes too there are some scenes that I'm like, Mm-mm. no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember la- la- uh, Wrong Turn being gross, and I figured that's why you'd like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I liked the, like, killing people part. Yeah, I remember it being <laughs> really gory and really intense in its kills, so I was like, I could be a fan that doesn't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there are some of them that I like, and I think I think it's more the Hills Have Eyes that get a bit more um, gross. And, and what yeah. kind of lengths it takes to kind of disturb people. I think this, this, that's what's my thing with disturbing quote-unquote movies. Is like it keep trying to push the boundaries of what entails disturbing your audience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we push that boundary too much. It, it's not for me. And that's why you like that. When it pushes it too much, no, it's not No, not, not like in certain terms. Like, I like gore. That's fine to me. Things like that doesn't, it doesn't make me squimish. But when we get to like assault or um mm-hmm. certain imagery mm-hmm. that's no, I see, I see. a mixture of like 
sex and basically i don't want i don't like to see women tortured for no reason um yeah and i feel like that tends to be a lot when we get more into the gore genre or disturbing genre it tends to push the boundary into that direction and that's where i draw the line because i personally don't like seeing that and i think this movie has a couple shots where i wasn't just stirred but i just didn't like it like the shots yeah. of women in particular and random it just seems sleazy. yeah it it seems too yeah. like it, heading towards like a snuff film almost and i i personally don't have taste for that so Half of Rob Zombie's songs are about fucking dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 bizarre, but uh, it's weird because he seems to be a pretty pretty tame guy in reality. <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 into that, uh, I guess. All right, well, thanks for listening. Follow us on social media, or you know, maybe I'll insert something else later that changes it. But for now, it's at Spooky Drunk Pod on most things. Next week, we're actually going to give Willy's Wonderland a second try. Um, that was, <laughs> no. That's what we're going to watch. Um, there's a new director's cut that adds a scene. So it's oh, only 12 seconds, but we're going to watch it twice and see what a second <laughs> and third one will do for us. Uh, so until then, uh, I'm Aaron. I'm AJ. I'm Kim. And adios. Uh, I love you, I think, maybe. <laughs>